Welcome to the drunk tank, take a shot and much thanks for you coming out tonight Have a seat and come in, yeah, yeah. now turn the lights down low Drinks are in the back, we're about to start the show Okay, landed and killed in the land of the free Coming together to spread all the peace There's more to the story than you'll ever see Hear up both sides before you just agree Some of it's funny and some of it's deep Open your mind and I can't guarantee That we will leave you on the edge of your seats Now over the docks and the man for CC, okay Fuck's sake, docks One thing you have today is be able to hear you <laughs> Shut up. Anyway, hopefully that fixed it. Anyway, welcome to the show. It's Sunday. The bar's open. This is the Drunk Tank with Chris. And uh, hopefully you guys had a really good week and a good weekend. Uh, we're going to talk about some shit today. I don't know how we're going to talk about but we'll figure it out. But anyway, Chris, how are you? How's your week been? Um, week's actually been not too bad. Like, yeah, my sleep schedule is completely and utterly fucked that much. But yesterday was quite... Um, my brother came up early doors yesterday. He gave me a hand to go through my loft. Oh, yeah. Um, because I've been meaning for like I've been putting it off for like over a year where I need to get up into the loft and just organize. No necessarily clear shit, just organize shit right. because it was just. It's things that have been moving from house to house to house, and you take it out the loft, put it in a van, take it to your new house, put it in the loft, and then you take it for that house, and you put it in the new house, and you put it in the loft, and just over time, it always happens at Christmas where you go up to get the Christmas decorations, and you go, look at this fucking mess, I need to clean this out. And then you put the Christmas decorations away because you're too busy on the holidays, and you go, oh, I really should have cleared this out before I put these decorations back and you go ah fuck it I'll get to it but you never ever get to it until it comes to Christmas again and you have that whole thing and my brother he's been fucking pushing at me because Pokemon's such a big thing right now Uh I have hundreds upon thousands of fucking Pokemon cards that I've had since the 90s when it was fucking pocket monsters for Japan I've I had them all and he's been wanting me to find my collection for ages so that he can take it. Um, and I keep on putting off having to go up and clean out that fucking loft. So yesterday they decided with day, could I find the Pokemon cards? No, because there's a whole other section of the loft that I've not been able to get into. But I managed to find my old Dreamcast, my old N64, my old Sega Mega Drive. All with wires, all with controllers, all with fucking games. Apart from the Dreamcast, I can't find the Dreamcast game, but I know the Dreamcast games and the N64 games, a lot of them were together. Mm. And there was only certain ones that were with the N64, so I know they're there. I just don't know where there right. they are. But I, I took it as a fucking victory. Like, it was, it was time we managed to get some space up in the loft. We found them... It, it was a win, and then I ended up back in my bed sleeping at, like, fucking 5pm because I was just... I didn't sleep well on the Friday night, and I was just fucked, and I thought, I'm just going to go for a wee couple of hours nap, and then woke up seven hours later, and then was up all night. 
Yeah, you. I were, didn't wait. You were up when I was uh, goofing around on the internet after working up my ass off yesterday. I was like, wow. By the way, that uh, that trailer you had cut together is pretty cool. So. Yeah, I mean, there's still some wee bits and pieces that we still have to add to it, and because that was just a kind of mock up. But right. I mean, it's something. Like, it's, it's something. But um, yeah, but I done that. I wrote a decent fucking amount of the Jurassic Park one shot. Nice. Um, plus got like kind of like audio sources and music and all that kind of stuff. So that's coming on pretty fucking well. Like that was a good maybe five hours last night I spent just fucking writing shit out, getting cool shit put down. Like even I'm sitting there going like, oh, I don't want to be the GM. I want to play this game. GM, yeah, GM prep. <laughs> GM prep is a time sink, 100%. Like I will, I total, I will totally support that because like there are times where I've spent 12, 14 hours working on shit. So yeah, I, mm. I fucking, I know how GM syncing can be. Speaking of the Dreamcast, though, bro, Dreamcast, highly underrated system. A lot of great games on the Dreamcast. Shenmue was on there, Power Stone, a ton of really good games that came out on the Dreamcast. Yeah, well, I think that's it. It's like it was, I think, I think the Dreamcast came out at a time where there was other consoles that just sort of over, like, the time the Dreamcast came out, Sega was, let's be honest, Sega was on its downward spiral of less important you had the playstation out you had other nintendo um, was the xbox starting to make a wee bit of a showing back then as well because um, no. it was like the late 90s that the the dream the dreamcast came out the original xbox came out like two or three years after the dreamcast but the dreamcast was competing with the playstation 2 at the time i think mm. well i think you had to, like, the playstation came out and then the Dreamcast dropped towards the end of that cycle. And right when the Dreamcast dropped, about a couple months in, or like six months to a year into the Dreamcast cycle, when it was just starting to pick up steam, Play PlayStation 2 dropped, if I remember right. Mm. I was, I'm not sure with that. But I mean, I did have, I had like the Sonic Adventure, I had yeah, fucking good. Soul Calibur, I had a bunch of no bad games for the Dreamcast. But even for me, I only had the Dreamcast because it came out, like, and it was my mate that had it, and we played it for a, a time, and then I got one, but it was a case of, I actually don't particularly remember playing it that I much. Love the Dreamcast. Like, it just, I was much mere, I mean, I could, like, that N64, my fucking god, that's seen some great times. Like, I played that N64 for probably about 10 fucking years. Like, I got used to that thing. Even when the PlayStation and that came out, I would still play the N64 as well. Um, And then, obviously, the PlayStation 2 kind of came along and everything kind of started. Like, you stopped getting games and shit like that for the, the N64. But, nah, I loved that N64. So, I actually forgot just how fucking pretty it was with the, like, the see-through fire mm. orange kind of the, the console. But no, so I, I'm going to have to set it up because I want to see if it still works because the N64, like that was during a time where you did not have a fucking care in the world. I loved the N64 period of my life, but after that, everything went to shit and I hated everybody. So 
The N64 is the fun time. <laughs> yeah, the N64, I um I remember when that was when the console wars were heating up. Uh Christmas, my mom asked me what I wanted and I said I wanted uh she's like, Oh, I know you love video games. I am thinking about getting a uh I was complaining about needing a new console and she goes, Alright, well which one do you want? And I had to choose between the PlayStation and N sixty four and at the time I was like, Oh, CDs are bullshit, I'm not you know, I don't know what's on Sony, <laughs> so I got the N64, and uh, my mom got me Mario Kart 64, it was Mario 64 came with it, and then she got me uh, Mario Kart. Right. Dude, between and uh, Super Mario 64, Mario Kart, GoldenEye, F-Zero, and uh, what was the other one that I played all the time? Fucking Donkey Kong Country. Bro. <laughs> The bangers that were on the N64 are just so good. So, yeah. Relating to the N64 being a good times, yeah, the N64 been underrated. The problem I had with the N64 was the controller design, right? You had the, the side mounts, but you had the, the analog stick over here in, the, in like, the yeah. middle of the dick area. And the buttons were up here, so it had this awkward fucking... I never, ever, ever found a problem. I loved the, the controller for the so N64. Good. I thought it was so much better than I think because it was, but it's funny because see when you consider that I like the PlayStation because I like the controller. I think the the Xbox controller is too bulky, it's stupid things are in the wrong place and all that kind of stuff. But then I'll turn around and say the N sixty four was a perfect controller. I had right. no problems with that. But literally just because the A and the X are different fucking buttons. I have a problem with Xbox. That shows you my prejudice. But no, I don't, like the N64. I, my fondest memories, right, was me, and my brother, my pal, and his pal. And what we used to do is we used to go camping. And what that meant is putting a tent up on the back garden decking. Taking an extension cord <laughs> into the tent with a TV, the N64. And then we would sit out there for like 6 p.m. after dinner and play fucking uh, Smash Bros. and yep. stuff like that. Uh, Mario Party. Mario Party was a great fucking game. Yep. And we would do that until like 1 in the morning and then go in the house and sleep on the couch because <laughs> it was too cold outside. And then you would get back up at like 7, 8 in the morning and go back outside into the tent where you still had that frost condensation on the inside. Right. But you didn't give a fuck. You were still going to turn on that telly. And like you would then continue to play until you got breakfast the next morning. Like That was literally how I spent my entire fucking childhood in the weekends is playing fucking Mario Party and Quake. I played Quake a lot with my pal. And Gold Goldeneye was actually Goldeneye. I've got really good memories with my grandpa because, or we oh, say I don't know. I say grandpa. He's my granda. Um, fucking Americanized. <laughs> but he would always come in and ask me to show him how to play the game, and I would show him how to play Goldeneye, but know enough that he could beat me. I would show him what he had to press, and then I would run about shooting him while he was walking into walls and all that kind of stuff. And it, like he was the first I, I like rage gamer I can ever remember because all he would do is shout and yell that I would always kill him and no tell him how to actually play the fucking game. Uh, but yeah, that was always my memory of Goldeneye was just doing that constantly. But that's, that's I loved it. Siblings. 
I'd do the same <laughs> shit to my, my 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 little brother Jeremy would be like, "Can I play with you?" I'm like, hey, "Here you go. We're gonna play Goldeneye. What's this? Uh, we're running around and trying to shoot each other." And he was like, "I don't know. He's like five or I don't know. He's like real young. He's younger compared to me. I think he's like just turned thirty. He's like twelve years younger than some shit." And uh, um. I would hand him a controller and be like, all right, you move, here's how you move, this is how you shoot, and your goal is to get your side, just run around, and he'd be like, it's not fair! I'm like, get good, son. Uh, no, that was that was pretty much what it was, was just doing that, playing fucking, Smash Bros was good, I can remember when Smash Bros came out, that was like an interesting one, but GoldenEye was, to this day, I'll still argue, GoldenEye is better than Halo, without a fucking doubt. I'd uh, rather yeah. play GoldenEye constantly than any fucking... I mean, granted, I've never played a Halo, but I've seen people play Halo, and it looks shite compared to GoldenEye. <laughs> I'll agree. Now, I will tell you this, though. If I, I, I played Halo, and I'm bad at it. I played GoldenEye, and I was bad at it. But I was better at GoldenEye than Halo. Because Halo, like, it, 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 like they said, combat evolved. Halo kind of evolved the first genre. Where Goldeneye kind of created the first person genre. And one thing, anybody who's ever had an N64, the minute you hear the Goldeneye music, within like three notes, you know it's the best fucking theme song ever. Best James Bond theme song, even. Yeah. Fight me. Fight me. I swear (laughs) to God. But yeah, man, the N64 was great. Like, there was a ton of good games. I, here's a hot take I'm not a Smash Bros. guy. Not at all. I think it's it's one of the games. It's like a lot of games now. I know this. It's that Smash Bros is kind of having a comeback, and there's like competitions and tournaments and that. Yeah. Um. I just always say with it is it's just a really good party game for like. I mean, it is the for everybody. Like Mario Party is a better game, in my opinion. But Mario, Smash Bros Mario was Party's always fun. I mean, I've played Monopoly, so no, really. <laughs> Monopoly is the real French offender. <laughs> Monopoly, Monopoly is just a, a rigged game. Like Monopoly is like a fucking like back in the day when we played Monopoly as kids, we're like, oh, this is great. We can, and then then as you get older, you realize what a fucking bullshit game Monopoly is. <laughs> like I'm like, dude, this is bullshit. And like you yeah. can't win. You can you can get you can get all the hotels you want on like Baltic and like. The other one, the light blue one, it won't compare to like yellow and green and the dark blue. Like no matter how, no matter how much property you own, it'll never compare to like Pennsylvania and Marvin Garden. No, no, we're not fuck yeah. Monopoly. Fuck Monopoly. Yeah, good. <laughs> fuck Monopoly. But yeah, no, like oh God, I remember, man, I was a big Dreamcast guy because the Dreamcast. One of the things about the Dreamcast was it was ahead of its time. The hardware in the Dreamcast was mm. years ahead of anything the Sony PlayStation was doing. Like, it had more RAM. The graphics card was designed for it. Like, the Dreamcast, yeah. its hardware was probably five years ahead of its time. And then when Dreamcast dropped, like, it, it really, like, Sony had to, like, really step their game up when it came to the PlayStation 2. Because, like I said, the Dreamcast had come out and... Sony had a, it was towards the end of the, of the PlayStation 1 and N64 cycle. So Sony mm. had seen what Sega was doing, and 
they saw the hardware in the Dreamcast. So they, if I remember right, and don't quote me, it was like 20 some fucking years ago. Sony <laughs> had to go back and upgrade, figure out how to upgrade the PlayStation 2's hardware to compete with what the Dreamcast could do. I honestly couldn't tell you what. That was a huge. That was, was a huge thing. button. That was a huge thing because I remember reading about that in Electronic Gaming Monthly, where they were talking about because they did like a uh, Dreamcast retrospective, and they were talking about the development cycle of Dreamcast and the hardware and how Sony was like, we have to like at least be able to do what they're doing or better. So yeah, Dreamcast Dreamcast has got the Dreamcast was such a good system. I think Rayman debuted on that system. Uh, like you could play the original. Uh, Dragon's Lair that was only available on the Sega CD at the time, but they redid it for the Dreamcast and fixed all the bullshit problems with it. But <laughs> there was some really dope shit on the Dreamcast, and they had not only they didn't have Madden, Sega didn't have the Madden license for in the Dreamcast era, so they had to come up with their mm. own football simulation games. Or EA got the the, the monopoly. Yeah, the running up. Uh, yeah, right. the the Dreamcast. Uh, football games, it was like Sega's K. It was 2K before it became 2K. Bro, that football simulation made Madden look like shit, dude. Let's, let's be real. I play Madden as my turn my brain off game, but Madden is trash. Madden <laughs> hasn't been good since Madden 08. Madden 08 was the best Madden, hands down. Now everything else is just less features, uh, less options. Like Madden is, Madden is hot garbage. Hot garbage, but I still play it. I but I don't play Ultimate Team. That's my saving grace. I don't play that fucking pay to win bullshit. <laughs> yeah, man, the, the Dreamcast was great, and then like N sixty four is great. One of my favorite things to play on the N sixty four all time had to be the original Donkey Kong Country because the claymation style animation was fucking dopey. Yeah, I think I can remember my brother and his pal playing a lot of they kind of games. But, like, for me, I was just mad about, like, fucking WWF, No Way Out, No Mercy attitude. Ed, WrestleMania Raw, 2000. Raw versus, Raw versus I never ever played Raw versus Nitro. I was never into WCW. Um, I was just always WWF. Uh, but it was always, it was WrestleMania 2000. I can remember playing the fucking shit out of that. I had, like... My own Phil fucking wrestling company, it made up wrestlers and shit like that yep. on that game. That it was no longer WWF. It was my fucking franchise, and and just I can remember just playing like having whole story mods. Like before GM mod was a thing, right. me and my pal would sit there and have like drafts of right. You, this is my show, and we would have like I'd be writing down like fucking the history of matches and shit like that. This guy had this title for fucking three hundred days, and look at this. I had booklets, the fucking booklets. It just all history of that wrestling company, and it was. Looking back now, you're like, what a fucking weird little child you were. But at the uh -oh. same time, I had fucking fun. I know, because <laughs> back in the day when the wrestling games were hot, dude, like, everybody, it's a joke. Like, if you've ever been to any of my streams where you can create your own character, I spend two hours, and I blame those wrestling games, because they had the best customization. They had the best character customization. You could pick your special moves. You could, dude, I spent <laughs> hours 
getting my intro just right, getting the music right, getting the getting the lighting right. Like, dude, I love old school wrestling games. The new the new WWE games are fucking hot garbage, but like the old like the old old fucking N sixty four early early era of fucking wrestling games. The best wrestling that's the golden age of wrestling games right there. Oh yeah. But that was like the golden age of wrestling. Like nowadays it's no go I mean, granted it's because there was the any competition until this new mob turned up. And that's what happens if a company does they have competition, they start dropping the ball in certain areas because there's nothing to compete against. Why would they why would they put all the money into it when there's nobody to compete? You're gonna buy their shit anyway, because it's the only one there. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, no, the wrestling games buy I mean, don't get me wrong, I still I still buy the wrestling games now, but that's mere because I have all the games. I don't want to stop it's like I have the collection of all the WWF games since fucking way back in the late nineties. So it's like I just refuse no to get it because I know the games are shit, like the story modes are shit, but it's still fun to just sit and fucking Fanny about and make wrestlers kick each other's ass, play for about two hours, then get bored, and then no play it again for three years. That's that's how I do it. That works for me. <laughs> well, the storylines in the new WWE, WWE games are so bad because uh, I think it was ten years ago the WWE went family friendly after because wrestling went from like the eighties era, so like the era of kayfabe. Uh, the kayfabe era was like the from the sixties all throughout like like the seventies and the eighties was like kayfabe. That was where kayfabe was like super big, and then uh-huh. in the nineties they kicked it up a notch, and uh, you had the Monday Night Wars, and then after yeah, I... the nineties the Attitude Era ended, you had the Ruthless Aggression Era, which had like Kurt Angle and like yeah. uh John Cena, right? But after like I'd say 2010 hit, they they had been pushing the boundaries for so long that the the WWE who hadn't had competition till since I think it was 2000 and I think 2001 when WCW yeah. collapsed and and ECW collapsed. So from 2001 yeah. to what was it 2019 when AEW came around. WWE didn't have any competition and they went family friendly. So yeah. any of the really kind of like interesting storylines and, and sort of, I mean, let's face it. Some of those storylines are very problematic, very <laughs> problematic. Like the whole Lita and edge wedding where they had sex in the ring on their wedding. Like that, mm, that wouldn't fly today. But like from 2001 to basically 2019, the WWE had a monopoly, so yeah, they didn't have to invest in storylines. So the games, the games are a reflection of that. Where there's no other games on the market, so why does fucking THQ or 2K now have to worry yeah. about putting any quality into it? Because there's no one to compete. No one knows about New Japan Pro Wrestling. No one knows about the independent wrestling in the gaming space, or not no one, but a, a minority. But since AEW has come around and they've kind of rebooted the sort of like attitude era with their storylines and the way they do matches and they, and they do kayfabe again. Like the WWE is 
they need to figure it out because they're 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 sinking quick. Um, mm-hmm. and then like there's been fallout in the. I'm a casual wrestling fan. I used to be pretty hardcore as a kid. I watched like, I watched yeah. uh, WCW with Ric Flair and Sting, and then I watched the uh, WWF at the time with like Macho Man and Hogan and Ultimate Warrior, the Legion of Doom. Let's fucking go. And then I I watched it up and through the '90s, and then like. After w, uh, WCW collapsed, I sort of fell out of it. But I still read, like, wrestling news, and I, and I get, like, Twitter updates where, like, it's in my, like, topics because I follow a couple people and they, yeah. they follow wrestling. So, like, I'm I'm interested in, like, the the, the storylines. And I listen to Stone Cold's podcast, and I love when he talks about the business. He calls it the business. But, uh, yeah, wrestling games, like... Back in the day, the wrestling games were some of the best out because you yeah. had so much. They are they are an example of making you immersed in the world, right? Because you made your own wrestler. The later games, you could make your own entrances with camera angles and music and everything. And they had your character was basically inserted into the current wrestling storylines. Yeah. And, Today, games that have, like, insert your own protagonist fail to do that. They, like, so many of them do not give you an immersion like the old school wrestling games do. And I, and I, I have no idea why that is. If you could, do, if a bullshit wrestling game 20 years ago could do it to a level where, like, you remember it 20 years later and you think it's amazing, why can't you do that now? Oh, I think part of the problem is that we've grown up. Like, there's kids that play wrestling games today and they still get the exact same immersion that we got. It's be- I think part of the problem is is when we think back of the best games and the greatest games, it's back at a time when we were kids, we were imagination running wild. You could get immersed in a game. You were immersed in the, the belief of the realism that wrestling was and then everything kind of got fucked about with that as you grow older and but you can't it's not just wrestling games that people right. like if you if you think about all the games that come out now and you think how little you find interesting and really like there's very few that you will actively turn around and go that's such a great game that's a really good game i felt immersed in all that kind of stuff i think it's because the for gaming, you're when you're younger and you've got that imaginary thing and all that kind of stuff, and you can get involved in that. Everybody always takes that as the standard. Like if you're not immersed into a game, it must not be a great game. But you forget that well, your immersion rate is very much lower now because there's a lot more things going on in your life than than be able to just sit and play. I think that's why the like say FPS shooters and all that kind of stuff are a lot more bigger than what they were back then because you don't need to have a you just have to be good at the game. There's no immersion or imagination or anything like that that you have to be involved in a game. Whereas it's very very rare that you'll see a big game do that. That's why the likes of like the the indies and stuff like that are the ones where you'll actually get a immersion rate that you can actually enjoy the game because it's almost as if they're able to capture that childhood feel towards a game 
that because like so like cyberpunk and uh that horizon zero dawn death stranding stuff like that uh the last of us they're able to encapsulate like a really really immersive and enjoyable storyline but you still know you're playing a video game yeah and i think it's because they've been able to kind of create they've been able to create that balance of well we're going to be able to immerse it but we can also create it for an older audience they are not like wrestling games are still they're pushed towards kids that enjoy wrestling they're not made for adults that used to watch wrestling it's for the kids that watch it now and are enjoying it and getting involved that's the problem with wrestling games whereas other games that have been quite successful i think is because they've created that nostalgic feel but brought it to an age group of well the last of us is not for kids it's for adults like let's be honest same way cyberpunk death strand and stuff like that it's like that it's it's made for an older audience and it still allows you to have that similar to like movies and stuff like that but i think that's what for me anyway that's what i feel the problem is is that you look at wrestling games, you look at sport games, and you're wanting to have that feel that you did when you were 14 or 12 or 9, sitting in the living room, your mum making something to eat in the, the thing, me, the kitchen, and you're just enjoying a game. Like You're, you're not going to get that feel unless you're 10. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree with, with the majority of that, but I think like games... You mentioned like The Last of Us and Horizon Zero Dawn. They're immersive in the world because they have great world building and great characters. Yeah. My, my my question is, why are there games that don't have don't capture that same sense of immersion when you have your insert your own protagonist character? Like you design the character and they're dropped into the world. So many games I've played where don't get the, you go through character creation, but they don't involve you in the world as much as like the old school wrestling games did now i will give you a couple examples that do it really well the mass effect series if you ever played mass effect it does it brilliantly even though you're playing sort of a a character in in shepherd right shepherd is the creative character but you can make shepherd your own and the mass effect games do such a well job at making you feel that your shepherd is you that it captures sort of that wrestling immersion that I was talking about and everybody who's oh, excuse me I apologize oh do not do me and Dr. Pepper together no god oh god um that's all I had I was thirsty but um Anybody who knows me is I'm not an MMO guy. I I'm not a big MMO genre guy like Final Fantasy, uh, World of Warcraft. Not my not my game because I don't feel like my actions are important to the world. However, the other game I want to highlight for dropping you in as a create your own protagonist and immersion game, Star Wars: The Old Republic. Not only is it an MMO. But it also does so good at dropping your created protagonist into the world and making them feel immersed in the world like the like the, the action is, is central to them. 
I don't know why a lot more games that have the design your own character theme, where they're the main character, can't seem to develop the world around that character and immerse them so that it, it's like the old wrestling storylines game. Because back in the day, the old wrestling games, you had cutscenes where your character would walk in the locker room and the, and they would be like, hey, you. Or you'd be involved in a storyline where like Lita got a magic wand and turned a bunch, like went crazy with power. Like, I don't. Yeah, I, but that still happens in wrestling games. Right, it does. But what I'm, what I'm, what I'm getting at is I, I don't understand why games that have create your own protagonists fail so often to capture that same immersion that like the old school wrestling games and Mass Effect and the Star Wars The Old Republic have the ability to immerse the creator protagonist. You know what I'm, understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, I understand you're saying. I, my problem is, is, for me, I feel the wrestling games still do that. Like, the wrestling still, like, you have the creator character where you start off in that the developmental division and then you kind of work your way through you get story modes you get story arcs and all that kind of stuff to thing me where i think the problem is is with wrestling games it's hard to really give characters or, or players an immersive feeling because if you think about the likes of mass effect and that yeah you get to create a character but you go through one storyline Right. That's you don't get to brand off and I don't want to be that person. I want to find me that they force you and tunnel you down a story. Mm. Well, the wrestling games and and football games and that try and keep it as open as possible so that every player can have their own experience. It's not necessarily going to be the same. Like, I think that's why a lot of the sports place or. Uh, because so if you think back to the original wrestling games, it was a tunneled game. You were tunneled and forced in one story. Right. There was no branding off. Of, if you lost a match, game was over. Whereas in the newer games, if you lose a match, it just alters the storyline because you've lost that match. But even at that, in a lot of cases, they'll still turn around and go, oh, you have to win this match, so you'll have to restart it and play it again. So I think it's it's... Again, being an adult, you can't say you can't compare the wrestling games to Cyberpunk because they're completely different games. Back in the nineties, you could compare different games because they were all basically made for the same mold. Like all wrestling games back then were made for the same mold. Mm. You can't say that about games now. If a game has a create your own character protagonist. The wrestling style isn't going to be the same because if you consider it, the wrestling games nowadays will, in that sense, are a lot more realistic because if you don't feel part of the story, it's because you're not a good wrestler then and you're not getting pushed. So that's quite realistic in the wrestling world. Like, if you don't feel like you're the main character, then you're no John Cena then. You're no The Rock. You're no Stone Cold. You're Donk the Clown. That's, that's your role in this wrestling game. So it's like, in, in a way, you could say, well, the wrestling's actually got a more realistic aspect than Mass Effect then, because in Mass Effect, everybody that plays it is a hero that's going to win the game, or the whereas movie. in wrestling, yeah, whereas in wrestling, you're like, well, it's up to you, you win or lose, there you go. So yeah. I think it's just that the, the different games are being compared, I think games get compared unfairly in a lot of cases. 
Like, so many games, they get that unfair treatment of, like, even considering the likes of Turning Run and Gone Like That, or Death Stranding's quite boring, or that other one, the one where you're the guy on the motorbike, Days Gone. Days Gone, yeah. So many people have said that Days Gone's boring. Um, they really should have done it a wee bit more like. It's like, well, why would they do See, if you want to play a game male like, play that game. Don't yeah. play Days Gone. Days Gone's this game. Stop comparing that game to another game completely different. Just because there's zombies in it, does they make it the same thing? Like, everybody complains that games are so similar, like these AAA games, COD and Apex, they're all the same game apart from its different characters. So because you complain that if a game's a different game, it's why they no like. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. It's like it's such a lose-lose situation for game developers these days because everybody wants certain things, but when somebody then makes it, they complain and say that it's no like such and such. And it's like, well, it's no got to be like such and such because it's no such and such. If it was like such and such, it would be such and such. <laughs> like, yeah. just play the fucking game. <laughs> I, I, I think you, you, you make a really interesting point when it comes to, like, AAA development. The, the risk is so high now because games are costing $200 million. You know, I, at one point yeah. I heard, like, was it uh, God of War cost $300 million or some shit like that or, or something? So AAA development is, is, is such a risky job now because if, if, a, if a AAA developer goes out on a limb and makes a, uni- a unique IP and it fails they're out the marketing budget the development like they didn't make the money back so like they might not get another shot so they're gonna look at what's popular right now what's popular call of duty madden uh mmos right and they're gonna follow that formula but then you get the well it's just a call of duty clone no shit because all you fucking buy is call of duty what the fuck right so yeah. if you want games that are different, you have to reward studios that make different and unique ideas. Now, again, the problem with that is that's a huge gamble, right? And if, mm-hmm. if you gamble and lose, your studio is going under. So having having a, a complaining about a game because it's too much like this game or too much like that game is such a a useless argument. If you're going to if you're going to critique a game because you don't enjoy it, don't talk about because don't talk about what it's, why it's similar to this, that, or the other game, because no shit. That's, that's the, the studio's banking on that genre or that style of game to make money. Right. So complaining about the game being, Oh, it's, it's a COD clone or it's an apex clone is a useless argument. Talk about the character design. Talk about the, the sound design. Talk about the level design. Talk about the monetization issues. Those are more. Goddamn, I'm burping like a motherfucker today. Um, those are a more beneficial and prudent, relevant argument than say, "Well, it's just a COD clone, or it's it's just a it's just a Final Fantasy clone." No shit, because those are what make money. Yeah, it's a reductive argument to to compare games to this, that, or the other thing without providing a productive critique. So like those of you that come by the channel or, or, or anything know that I'm like, Docs is like a huge guy, right? I am the biggest indie guy 
uh, out of sort of in your like house. Our, uh, in my well, not only in my house, but sort of like in our Discord group. I think I'm the most indie centric sort of gamer guy out of all of us because a lot of the a lot of the guys play like triple A stuff. But like when it comes to like some of the discords in, I bring up games and people are like, I've I've never heard of that because I for the longest time didn't have the tech to run triple A hundred percent. Like I couldn't run a triple A game to save my life when it came to my streaming career. So I had to find unique shit that would run really well and was really fun to play and really interesting to play. So in that two year period, two, three year period where I was working with kind of subpar technology, I really got to see the ins and outs of what, what triple A is and what India is. And the diversity and freedom that the quote unquote indie scene has. Cause in the early on, I used to bitch all the time. Well, indie is far superior. Indie, indie, indie is, is way more interesting. And I would see guys online complaining about, Oh, well this game sucks. That game sucks. And I would always argue, well, that's cause you don't play indies. Now, I've matured my standpoint because I didn't have access to play AAA. But now that I can play AAA, I still love indies because I find indies more interesting. But the one thing that, that has softened is I now understand the differences between indie development and publishing versus AAA development and AAA publishing. On the indie side, you're running a 12-man studio on a passion project with your own money, right? So you have to, like, get the most out of it. In the AAA development, the development budget of the game is this much, where the marketing and the paying for the voice actors and everything is this much. So the indie guys have more of the money to spend on development, where the AAA guys... The development is the lowest part of the game. So people are arguing, oh, AAA is shit. Yeah, because the developers get the least amount of money. And they're told specifically what they want done, where indie guys are pretty much free to do whatever they want as long as it maximizes their dollar. That's, mm. the, that's the big difference that I found in the last couple of years of really sort of delving in the indie space and being able to explore the AAA space is the indies just have more freedom and more responsibility to get the most out of their dollar where AAA devs get the least money and they're told what to do. And in my humble opinion, I'm, I'm no expert by any means. I've just, that's what I've done. That's what I found in my time streaming and exploring both spaces. I don't know. What do you think? Mm -hmm. I mean, I I can't really comment on thing because I I don't know what goes into the development side of games and all that kind of stuff. So, like, it's hard to have an opinion on what the differences in that is. I do think. I mean, there is a big difference, and I think it 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 usually does come down to money. Um, but that that's just nowadays everything comes down to money. It doesn't matter what you're involved in what business you're in if you if you have the least amount of money then you're you're not going to time it um i do think my my problem is a lot i, I feel as if a lot of people are kind of tunnel visioned 
into a lot of the things. Like like you saying that you've now matured your 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 idea because before if somebody said that this game's shite, you would say, Yeah, it's shite because you don't play indies. That wouldn't have made any fucking difference. The game was still gonna be shite if you played indies. Like having an independent developer means absolutely nothing whether or not a triple A game's shite or no. Um but I do think that many indie developers do have that kind of creative freedom that AAA games don't really get, but at the same time, there there, there is a lot of independent developers now that are trying and trying to stick with their weird indie developers, mm-hmm. but push AAA similar games. So it's like, I think, again, for a, a while there, independent games were like the the alternative to well, you don't have to have that big fucking triple A pay packet and same game as they've done for the last ten years. But now there's a lot of independent developers that are going doing that run without the money back for like triple A games, mm-hmm. and then they're still wondering why, like they're thinking in like you turn around, you're thinking like, like how many independent developers? aren't actually using their own money what's happening is they're going on to Kickstarter they're getting $2.3 million for the Kickstarter and then they're still trying to run it as a game of an independent developer everybody's sitting there going well you've had $2 million to develop this game why is it still shite and it's like because what happened is they then used 50 grand to make the game and kept the rest for themselves because no everybody's a great person in the independent scene so it's like I think it's always going to have that battle between two. So uh, you're always going to either be for or against. And the funny thing is, is it doesn't even have to care what the actual topic is. You're just always going to be for or against. That's just your standpoint. So it's like you'll have people that support independent developers that will always say AAA games are shit. You'll have the AAA backers that will always say independent games just don't have the same resources as AAA. You're like, well, aye, that's just how it is. It does debate one better than the other. Like, there's there's been a lot of great AAA games and there's been a lot of shite independent games. God, so, yeah. like, you can use that as an excuse to whether or not a game's got to be good or not. And I think a lot of people do still use it like that. Mm-hmm. It's as if if it's an independent game, it must be better than any AAA game. And you're like, well, no, that's no how that fucking works. <laughs> yeah, well, it's the, it's the same argument for like artesian foods, right? Or or like you, you you we've all been there. You go to the grocery store and you got the dude buying like the basic ass white bread, and then you got like the the woman who's buying or the male man who's buying the fucking artesano bread. <laughs> And the and the fucking dude's looking at the dude who can affo- only afford the dollar white bread, and he looks at his like four dollar loaf artesian bread, and he's like, "No, that bread is not good for you. It tastes well." The dude's like, "It's white bread. I like the taste of it." It's the same thing with like like indie developers and yeah. AAA's. Like, just because it's indie doesn't mean it's great, and just because it's AAA doesn't mean it's garbage. They just use yeah. the, it's a label that it's it's like brand trust, right? Everybody. Like you buy brands because you trust the brand, or you don't buy brands because you heard the brand was shit, and that's how people base their their purchasing power on. Yeah, and it's stupid because not every indie's great and not every AAA is bad. 
No, it is, and I think that is like that's where the world is the new where if one person says something bad, everybody jumps on it. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot in the world that is the case. That there is a lot of companies that have kind of tried to hide their way and bullshit their way through things, and they're kind of being found out upon. But at the same time, I do think, like as we've said, we've talked about kind of like cancel culture and stuff like that on uh, previous previous episodes. And I think it is still a, a prevalent thing where one person will say something and social media jumps the bandwagon and, oh yeah, it's totally bad and things like that. When it actually turned out that that one person that said something just had something go wrong for them, but they wanted somebody to blame for and, and, and stuff like that. So it's hard to, in 2021 and 2022, it's hard to, it's hard for me to believe reviews as much as I used to, just because I feel as if there's a lot of people out there that give bad reviews in order to just try and start something, or like you, you, I hear about it that it's people for the competitor that's going on and writing these bad reviews to stop people from going to them and coming to them and shit. So you kind of trust people these days and yeah, their reviews of of things. Because let's be honest, every I prefer Elgato. Like that's where I'm thinking. So I, I want to go down the Elgato and Corsair route. Whereas, uh, like, Bill Bob, he prefers Razor. Now, there's mm. nothing wrong with Razor. No, I just no, no. prefer Elgato. I wouldn't turn around and say, Razor's shit, get Elgato. Or, but I can't turn around and say that Razor's good because I've never used the products. I've only seen other things and went with a brand and went, you know what, I really like this brand. That's just how it is. And that's a fair way to time it. But to turn around and shit on something because you prefer something else is just bullshit. So it's not going to get you anywhere in life. No, I I agree 100%. Like, we make the argument all the time, and a lot of us as consumers, whether it's video games or or shoes, for an example, shoes are a huge one. Like you were saying, Elgato and Razor. Like, like, I just had this talk with uh, one of the kids on the property here. Like, after we got done busting our ass, and I'll get into my day, like, my, I want to tell you about my day. God. Um, See, before you go into that, can I have two seconds? Sure. I can hear a whole bunch of stuff going on behind me. Yeah, I just want to go and check, right? So, so I'm, I'm going to... Calm their shit down! <laughs> no, exactly. But I'll not turn off my camera because I know it fucks everything up. Yeah, I'll, I'll, just... I'll vamp for a minute or two. So, chat, and those of you that are listening... My thing is, is like my whole thing about brand recognition and and the and the gaming and, and indie space is when I was didn't have the access to stream AAA games, uh, I really had to dip into the indie space and kind of learn about the genre and the development because I needed to to be wise with my spending. Like I only had a couple bucks. And I had to get an indie game because that's what my system could run. So I run into this mentality of like I would I would review a game or I'd look into a game and they would have like either super glowing reviews or uh, reviews that were shit or done in bad faith like Chris highlighted. And why am I so low on my camera today? Um, but a lot of what I ran into was like people who were like, oh, it's an indie game, so it's not interesting. Where when I would dip into it and play it, I found that sentiment to be wrong because a lot of times 
just the fact that it was an indie I don't how do I want to phrase this without sounding uh assy a lot of times the judgmental nature of human beings is difficult because if it's an indie or it's not a, if it's not a, a company that you recognize especially in the gaming space you don't you have this inherent bias or at least i did have this inherent bias to avoid it right so like everybody's blizzard activision let's let's take blizzard activision 20 years ago blizzard activision was an amazing game company right? they made great games they came out with games that were done right and built right and they treated their customers well but nowadays blizzard activision they're they're known for releasing buggy unplayable poorly monetized games where you could go to an indie developer like who can i use for as a standout the behemoth right the behemoth is a really cool indie developer that comes up with unique games with visual art styles interesting mechanics and the monetization is, is usually fair and the games aren't broken right so if i were to give you two if i would just tell you like the gaming company and you had a bias towards one or the other if i said the behemoth but you remember blizzard activision's history of making great games like uh three vikings and world of warcraft and starcraft and stuff a lot of people would be like, oh, well, I'm going to go with Blizzard Activision because I don't know the behemoth. It's the same thing with, like, shoes and stuff. One of the kids on the property here was showing me shoes that he liked. And they were brand name sneakers. And they were ugly! And I asked him how much they were. He's like, oh, they're 120 bucks. I was like, for that? Yeah, but it's Nike. In my experience, Nike shoes fall apart two weeks after you own them, and they look like shit. But to him, Nike's dope. Nike, Nike's trustworthy. And I think, I think that, I think that points out the inherent bias that we have as humans. But also, it points to the power of marketing. And I think that's what Chris and I were working our way towards was the the marketing games nowadays and consumer culture in general is so dominated driven and molded by the marketing and advertisers that if you don't see an ad for it you don't know if it's good or not so the the question is is when it comes to something unknown right when it's an unknown entity Say like a triple A or uh, an indie game that has got good word of mouth versus a triple A that's got a hundred million dollar marketing campaign. Where, where do you think most of the people are gonna go? And I'll bring you in in a minute, Chris. I'll bring you up to speed on what I was talking about. In my opinion, most of the people are gonna follow the flashy marketing because for the last twenty years, especially in game development. Marketing has been the way we learn about games. And where indies don't have the marketing budget, they have word of mouth, we've fallen off the track that word of mouth is more important than the fucking beautiful cinematics and the fucking $100 million marketing scheme. So, anyway, to recap what you were looking into what it was, Chris, I kind of talked about 
brand bias, and then that ultimately led me down to a, a ramble about how, in most things, not just game game culture, but like culture of like clothes and movies and TV shows, our whole sort of taste palette has been so molded and defined by marketing versus our own experience and word of mouth where it used to be word of mouth and then marketing. And I don't know, I don't know how I feel about that overall. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, again, that kind of goes back to like word of mouth is reviews. And you can't trust them either. So it's like, it's that age-old question of who the fuck can you trust in anything? Like, and then at that point, I know, but that's silly. You should never trust me. Well, yeah, you are a drunken Scotsman. (laughs) But I mean, go ahead. No, I just, I think that's where it's time is at. Word of mouth stopped kind of being a thing. So it started the kind of like the hype of marketing and all that kind of stuff, which is fair enough. But the word the mouth aspect has become so diluted as well, because if one person has a bad experience, they'll shit all over a company. And it's like, even at that, their bad experience, maybe have not been a bad experience, it's they've just interpreted it as a bad experience. Like, fucking, like you look at the nowadays where people are shitting on companies because they're being told to wear a mask. So it's a mandate for the government. It's not necessarily the company, but you're shitting away them or other reviews and all that because you couldn't be an adult and wear a fucking mask. And it's like, it's it's it's, it's little things like that where I think nowadays word of mouth is so untrustworthy as well. Like in anything, because even in the whole like the the, the mask debate, I can't turn around and say one hundred percent. I back wearing a mask because there is always going to be that little bit of a can we trust these people 100% no like that's that's the thing that scares me about like conspiracy theories is there's some conspiracy theories that just have zero logical sense and you can kind of just go you're being a fucking dumbass but there's so many big conspiracy theories where you're sitting there going well there's no a big chance, but there's still a chance that it could just be one big fucking ploy and stuff. So I think it is. It's just it's a it's a scary concept to the point of you really can't trust anything. Things are forced in your throat. You can either go with it or go against it, and you just have to. I think we're now at a stage where the best thing to do is try and find me your end. Like, you just have to do your own shit. If you like something, fucking ace. See, if you don't, that's your call. But you don't have to shit on it to know enjoy it. Like, there's so many TV shows and movies that people complain about. See, if you don't like it, turn it off. See, if you right. don't like the, co- the, the, the streamer that's on Twitch, don't watch them. Watch somebody else you enjoy. You don't have to completely and utterly ruin their fucking life just because you don't like what you're watching don't watch it there's like 8 million streamers stream on Twitch per month mm-hmm. see if you can't watch somebody that you enjoy and have to go and watch then you're just a cunt that's it like if you can't find somebody else to watch that you enjoy 8 million monthly streamers then don't watch get off Twitch 
go watch some other shit. Go and watch a paint dry or something like that. Like, but don't come in and start shitting on people because, like, because it's the, it's like back, it's like the whole fucking backseat game and all that. You're not playing the game that I want to play it, so it means you're bad at the game. No, it means you're a little fucking brat that if somebody does something different to what you like, then it must be wrong. Like, do you go into Subway and complain that the person in front of you got a different type of sandwich? So I get fucking grow up. Just get on with it. If you don't like it, don't play it, don't watch it. Just go on with it. Go and enjoy your life in some other capacity because I don't want you here fucking being a little shit and ruining my experience. Like, I like... Like, you said that you didn't really particularly like Horizon Zero Dawn. It wasn't really your thing, right? I liked it. No, no, I like Horizon Zero Dawn. It was, um... I, I don't like BRs and MMOs a lot. Like Apex. No, I, I thought there was another game because I was talking about the, the storyline games and there was a game that you'd say, I can't remember, I thought it was Horizon Zero Dawn that you said you weren't really that. And yeah, there was a game, but you'd said that you weren't into it and I said that I was and it was like, that, that it's fine, you can have your own opinion, but it would have been a different thing me turning around and going, what's fucking wrong with you? Why don't you like that? I like that game. Why don't you like that game? Imagine no liking a game that I like. That's just that's just shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, what you're like, about. How I dare you have your own valid opinion of what you like and don't like? Like it's fucking stupid. Like Yeah, I can't I can't remember the game, but yeah, I remember that conversation. And yeah, I hundred percent agree. It's like complaining about complaining about something without forming your opinion because you had a bad experience doesn't mean everybody like you said, everybody else's experience is gonna be bad because you are in control of your experience for the most part. Even yeah. if you got a bad, buggy, janky game, and I've had a few of them, it's up to you to find the fun in the game, unless the game is like, let's totally be fair, if it's completely unplayable. There was a game that I got given to me as a game key from a developer, and it was early on in my in my streaming, it was one of the first couple keys that I got. It was a roguelike game called Far Gone. And when I had played it, I had already played Dead Cells and Hades and Curse of the Dead Gods. So it was right up my alley. It was a, it was a roguelite narrative adventure game. And one of the things that I could not fucking get past was how unmechanically well done it was. It was just the enemies could track you off screen. There was you would jump into the next screen or or scroll to the next thing, and there'd already be enemies firing on you. Like that made me so angry because it didn't have the mechanical chops of like a Dead Cells or a Hades, and I just I didn't badmouth the developers. I badmouthed the game, and now I. I've had the game for a while and I watched the development cycle. I feel bad because the developer, it's, it's their first fucking game. Yeah. And, and it's like you just said right there. So uh, you'd played Hades, you'd played yeah. Cell, and this game wasn't like that. Right. Because it's no that. Exactly. <laughs> and and, that's, and that's, that's what I mean is like, because I was stuck in that headspace of like, oh, it's a roguelite adventure. And most like ro- narrative roguelites have rock solid mechanics and an interesting narrative and good sound design this game didn't in the early it was like early stages game i couldn't get over my fucking bias yeah. to just try and find out what was good about it and i think 
like you said, it's up to you to make your experience fun. And I just, I wasn't. And I, I see that a lot, especially like with my kids. Like a lot of them are like, well, I'm bored. And it's like, all right, go do something. And they're like, well, we can't. I was like, why not? They're like, well, we don't have a bike. Got feet. When I was a kid and didn't have a bike, I walked. But then I I take a step back and I go, okay, things are different. It's a little more digital era. Not as many kids out. COVID's a thing. So I have to bite back my initial, well, go fucking do something. Then. Because it 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 really comes down to... Putting yourself, putting the, putting yourself in a perspective where you can, maybe not necessarily understand the situation, but maybe you can relate on some level. And if mm, you can yeah. relate, you then can find common ground. And I think when it comes to finding common ground in, in gaming or whatever it is, is there's now a sense of entitlement, like you said, with the guy making a sandwich, like. If he's not getting the same sandwich as that guy, why the fuck should he care? But it's yeah. the sense of entitlement of, well, I like what I like, and you should like what I like. No! I, yeah. am, I am under no obligation to like anything you like. But whatsoever. they'd be the first one to argue that if the other guy turns around and goes, well, I like this sandwich, you have to like what I like. They'd be the first one to complain and say, no, I can like what I like. That's the fucking hilarious thing about it, is that there's so many people that make these arguments, but they'd be the first one to go against it if it was attacking them. Right. Which I, it blows my mind that these people can still actively think that they're being logical. <laughs> that's that's what blows my mind on it is that they think they're being right, and it's like I think that is 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 like everybody in their own opinion is going to be right, and it's up to you as a human being to accept that other people can have different dif differentiating opinions, and that it doesn't necessarily mean it's an attack on you and your likes and your beliefs. It's just that other people can do their own fucking thing and that scares a lot of people I think is that they have their own ideology and people don't have to follow that ideology and it's always going to be bad to them when there's pretty shitty things in the world that's bad but you're arguing about a fucking sandwich or a game do you, do like, you, think, do you think that's why word of mouth and reviews have become so sort of unreliable is that oh, yeah. sense of well I like I liked it so you have to like it or I didn't like it so you don't have to like that that you don't have to like it either. Oh yeah, no, that's that 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 kind of it's another aspect to kind of what I've been saying is just that that you can't really rely on people's word of mouth because the review system is so that. If they like the game, you must like the game. If they don't like the game, you must hate the game. If they've had a bad experience, there's no point trying it because you'll have the exact same bad experience, even though their experience was it was their certain game, even though it's no that game. If you want a certain game, go play that game. Don't play a different game. And I think it's just there's so many avenues of it that just kind of points to the fact that you just... The only way you can truly figure out what you like and don't like is just by doing it 
and no really bothering too much about the reviews, which is sad because there's a lot of things, like if you're shopping on Amazon and you're really needing something, there's like 74 different companies selling the same thing, which company's selling the actual thing and which one's ripping people off. So, so like reviews are still important, but it's hard to really trust that you are getting the best thing, and I think it is, it's just a case of sometimes you just have to bite the bullet, see what happens. If it fucks up, it fucks up. If it does the well fucking done, you 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 gain a level in life. So, but it's just the sad truth that's life right now. Yeah. In my opinion, anyway. Yeah, it, it, is, it is kind of disheartening that life has sort of taken on this I don't, I don't, I don't want to phrase it. I'm trying to figure out how I want to phrase it. Like you said, untish behavior. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to hit on the behavior because I think you highlighted it great. I, I, I kind of want to hit on the uh, experience side of it. Like, life has become this so much, like, use like me centric, uh, sort of functioning like with covid and and with the way that social media is and the way sort of community community is broken down a little bit we've talked about that several times we've taken on this sort of me first mentality with our experience and the way we approach life where in the past you would be more of like oh my, you know my brother and sister and i or my my dad and i did this now it's such a now it's such a me-centric sort of experience that I think some things are lost, which, again, highlights the, the fact that reviews are difficult to follow and word of mouth is so untrustworthy because instead of speaking from a, a, a standpoint of the experience itself, we're speaking from our perception of the experience that's colored by however good or bad that we had it where we don't talk about the experience as the experience which is then flavored by our going through it we talk about our experience do you understand what yeah. i'm saying and it, yeah i think ahead. the other thing that it kind of falls into that is how reviews are kind of set up like reviews have always been it's either good or it's bad and i think what like one way of solving that is to be having a lot more kind of a review system that's a lot more broadened because like I can turn around and go right uh, this game I didn't particularly like I enjoyed this this and this bit but this part of the experience I really did not like I'm not saying the game's good or bad what I'm saying is, if this is the type of game you're into, then you'll enjoy it. Right. I didn't enjoy it because I'm not into that game. But games get such like it's either like you either have a negative experience or a positive experience, and you're like, ah, but that's no fair because, like you said, there's a lot more about a game than one little aspect. And because I didn't like one little aspect, the game gets shit on. Because if somebody goes on and goes, oh, the game's got so many negative reviews, and it's like, I bet if you were to actually find out the actual review, most people would probably say, if it's your type of game, you'd probably like it, but I didn't enjoy it. And it's that's cool, you don't have to like everything, but you again, I think my point is that you don't have to shit on things. 
because you didn't enjoy it. Like, I don't like raisin cookies. People might like raisin cookies. It doesn't mean raisin cookies are bad. It's just that I don't like them. And if you think about, like, if you go into any fucking store and you go to raisin cookies and they look at the reviews, mostly it is bad because there's this internet concept that raisins are the worst thing in the world. And it's like, but people enjoy raisins. Like, mm-hmm. There's loads of people I know that like raisins. My dad likes raisins. He raisin probably cookies. likes raisin cookies. I don't like raisins, but it does mean that all things with raisins in them are shite. I just don't eat them because I don't like raisins. It's, it's cool not to like things, but it's different to shit on them. Look, look at Nickelback. Everybody shits on Nickelback. I actually enjoy Nickelback. Nickelback have got some amount of fucking bangers that's came out, but the internet have just kind of grew to hate on them, and it's like, that's no fair. Well, I mean, to be fair, Nickelback gets gets fucking <laughs> Nickelback gets unfairly fucking harangued because they they did what quote unquote was easy, right? They saw what was popular, they 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 capitalized on like easy themes in their music, they made them easy to listen to, not technically deep in any manner. And everybody's like, oh, well, you know, they're they're poor musicians or whatever, whatever. And no, they're not bad musicians. They just, they did what worked for them. Like, and, oh my God, a, a, a band has a brand. Right? Wow, so fucking bad. It's better than going on to any of the charts right now and hearing every fucking song that's the exact same bastard and fucking song. Oh my God, Nickelback, you heathens. Like, it's fucking stupid. <laughs> the thing about Nickelback, though, is I will fucking bet you money that whenever a, a popular Nickelback song comes on, the same motherfucker that, that hates Nickelback is singing along to that Nickelback song when no one's watching. I don't think anybody can turn around and say, thing, mate. if I turned around and said, look at this photograph, I, I got, even if you don't say it out loud, I know in your head you're going, I, I, just, I, just, I just fucking did. I sure the Because it's the did. same with Haber, right? Haber, every time when we're playing Phasmo, um, Zim will go into the fucking spirit box and he'll go, where are you? And I'll turn around and go, and I'm so sorry, knowing fine well that when I stop there, within the 30 seconds that Haber will try her fucking hardest, she has to continue that full fucking song to its end, otherwise she'll implode <laughs> Yep, and it's just how it is. It's it's life, and it it's hilarious. But like, I just feel as if like it's fine. It no enjoy something, but it's just this whole concept that you don't have to make everybody see. There you go. I'm so sorry. Where are you? Like it's it's fucking hilarious, but. It's, it's, I think it's just, we have to grow up to a point where you're allowed to like and no like things, but you don't have to, like, swear by it. Like, some, there's some, like, that Nickelback, there is some songs that are shite, right. but they have a lot of fucking bangers. Like, it is just, I don't like 
Nicki Minaj music. I don't like her brand of music. I don't no. like her songs. I think they're repetitive. I think they're shite. But that song, Starships, I'll yep. fucking dance when I'm drunk to it. Yep. That's a fucking tune. Yes, it is. In the moment. <laughs> but I wouldn't actively go and listen to it. And I think that's, like, I think we've lost the society, we've lost the aspect of you can like things that you like, not everybody has to like them, though. Well, that, that brings up the whole argument of, like, the pressure to conform or the pressure to be your own person. And a lot of times, a lot of times, especially nowadays, people feel a need to conform to the popular narrative because of Twitter. Like you said, they jump on the bandwagon, right? Yeah. So where back in the past, it wasn't amplified by social media. So like, if you didn't like something, only your crew knew you didn't like it, right? You didn't, you didn't. Only your crew gave you shit about not liking Nickelback. Now, if someone jumps on Twitter and is like, oh, Nickelback is the shit, 8 million motherfucking people will be like, the fuck is wrong with you? Nickelback is garbage. When you know damn well there's at least one or two Nickelback songs that all of those motherfuckers rock. 100%. Yeah. Because... Well, see, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, the funniest thing about that is I don't even think people have that belief I think it's just became like an internet meme now that you have to shit on yep. people that and th- like I could easily tweet it right now, right? Now I know I'd you'd maybe only get one fucking person that would go in and say that, right? But it is quite scary that you could just simply go in and tweet out that you like Nickelback and people either shout at you for like Nickelback. Or they'll assume that your pal is in your details and they've tweeted out in your name without you knowing as if to say, like, oh, I like Nickelback to try and embarrass you. And it's like, that's it. Like, what? Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. It, and that, it, Oh, my God. I am having the worst day for hiccups and belching. Like, seriously. Um, but, yeah, like, it, like I said, it all... A lot of what we discuss, especially with like the biases and how we the brand recognition, that's been so exacerbated by the presence of social media, especially yeah. nowadays, because you're not you're not just talking to your boys or your girls or or your crew of people, like your trust circle to use a horrible word that just popped into my head. <laughs> your your little click, I guess. Yeah. Um, you now can share that with the world, and the world can either agree, shit on you, or give you another opinion, right? And yeah. The 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 thrust and pressure that can be exerted by a social media post or just like echo chamber is so strong that like a lot of people will not voice an opinion because of the pushback. Not even just cancel culture, but just, like, the potential pushback that they could get for saying, oh, man, like, Porn Star Dancing from Nickelback is one of the greatest songs ever. Now, don't get me wrong, it's a banger track. Music Genius, it is not. Yeah. But, I mean, when that when that guitar riff hits... And Chad Kroger comes on and does the little opening line of porn star dancing. You're like, do I have singles on me? 
Are, are we going to the club? Hundred percent. Guaranteed. Fucking team, you're going. Hundred percent. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's a tricky time to when you talk about like likes and dislikes and and what your interests are because of the social media pressure cooker. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And it's it's sad, but it's just it's just how things are these days. Which it's just it's just you need to just go on with it, which is scary to think. But at the same time, that's what you're telling everybody else is just if you don't like it, go fucking on with it. Yeah, but anyway, with that though, I kind of want to. I kind of this is going to be a weird segue, but um, I I kind of want to tie that in because. You and I are on Twitch, and we're, we're Twitch streamers, and a lot of our friends are Twitch streamers. And recently, there has been this uh, new developing meta, the the Twitch TV meta, and how that sort of like the popular. Uh, for those of you that don't know, like the meta meta terminology is basically like what the trend is, right? Meta is just basically another word for trend. And for those of you that don't follow Twitch a lot, some of the bigger streamers, Disguise Toast and Pokimane, uh, have been doing this trend of watching TV on their stream, right? Because that's that's what they want to do. And they got banned, but it was only like a temporary ban. And no. they they tweeted about it. What? Pokemon got a 48 hour ban uh, right. Disguise Toast got a month ban oh okay so Disguise Toast ban is bigger but it how can I because I want to I had, I had a thought about this and now I'm, I'm blanking on it because there's, there's three levels of this I wanted to touch on one the social media sort of pressure chamber of how like doing what like what like what we've been saying is with the Twitch, like watching TV on Twitch, the argument was, "Oh well, I can do what I want because it's my stream, therefore I'm I'm changing it." And Pokemon and Toast tweeted it out, and everybody was like, "Yeah, you should be able to do what you want," blah blah blah. But then on the flip side, no, you can't because they weren't transforming it in any way. They weren't offering critique in any way. They weren't. They weren't offering commentary or constructive any in any way to make the content their own. They were literally watching TV because they were bored and had to be live. And then when they got banned, they were like, oh, I got banned. And now Pokemon came back and her stream was thousands of views higher than what she was getting. So on on the on the one front, you have the popular media, the popular meta is now apparently, hopefully it shuts down. Just like the hot tub streamers were the hot thing. Everybody jumped on a hot tub stream, right? Then TV meta came around and everybody just starts watching TV. It's like, no. Well, the like, TV meta has been gone for the last three years. Like people, streamers, it? big streamers and that have been, like XQC, you know, has been watching MasterChef and all that I've for never years now. Yeah, no, they've been doing it for years. Like, I think what the problem is, is because of the whole DMCA, like, thing that's coming about, 
a lot of these streamers are now being caught out because it isn't transformative, it isn't a critique, it isn't... Like, I think one of the main problems with a lot of people is the fact that they don't understand the concept of fair use. They think fair use means that they can do it because it's fair use, but you have to go in the parameters. And it's like, people are arguing that these shows are copyrighted and that, and they're getting DMCA striked for that. And it's no fair because games are DMCA as well, but developers, like developers could strike you a copyright. He's like, aye, you playing a game on Twitch, a developer could DMCA you. They have that legal right through copyright. They can do that. The difference is, is developers see it as if I'm playing a game on Twitch and, and showing it, there's a bigger chance that anybody watching me is going to go, do you know what, I really like that game, and they'll go and buy the game and play it their way. Once you watch a TV show or movie on stream with somebody, you are not turning around and saying, oh, I'm going to go and buy that movie now, because you've watched the movie. Why the fuck do you need to go and buy it then? And that's where the DMCA copyright is getting hit, is because you are not making these companies any more money because what's happening is they're getting one view. You're the one that's getting all the other views and and sales. So it's not that company or the 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 TV company. So like it's a complete and utter different thing from the gaming style. Said and I think what the problem is is with like with the Pokemon and uh, Disguised Toast. They were disguised. Toast came out and said that he was actively trying to get banned to show you shouldn't be doing it. You should not be watching full TV shows because it's no fit. It's this concept with these, like with certain streamers that think they can do anything they want. This entitlement, and it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you've got your own stream, you've got your own business, but you are not an escape of international fucking law. You are not a special case. You are the same as everybody else and have to go by the laws and rules of everybody else. So just because you're putting it on your stream and it's your own stream, you can do what you want. Do what you want, but see when these companies sue you for everything that you've got and you can no longer run your business and stream, that's on you. That's your own fucking fault. It's the same thing of... One thing that I've 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 noticed and I've noticed it in a lot of stream is people starting to play copyrighted music, especially smaller streamers have started playing copyright music again, under the assumption that we're a small streamer, we're not gonna get found. And you look at but all it takes is three strikes. That means yeah. if you have three streams up that a company comes in and strikes you upon, you lose your stream. That's it. This whole pushing the boat it is the weirdest and stupidest thing I've I've seen in a while is this trying to push the boat out on law. These companies will fucking end you in order to keep their own fucking product. And it's you have not created that pro that's like the funniest thing about it is Pokemon was cutting about striking smaller YouTube channels yeah, for uploading hard content yep. and making money on it. And you're like, you're doing the exact same fucking thing. Like, you are literally complaining that a company done to you what you've been doing to all these other smaller creators. 
So it's like, it's the hypocrisy of a lot of this that just rubbing me the wrong way. It's this whole concept of, I can do what I want because I stream on Twitch. And you're like, ah, and that's fair enough. But see, the big companies, they're going to teach you very, very fucking quickly that what you think and what will happen are two vastly different things. And you need to fucking figure your shit out before you lose everything. Like, it's the exact same concept to the whole, like, fucking peer review. So, uh, like, all these people going about cancelling things, the companies are just striking back. Cancel fucking you for using their shit without their permission. And the funniest thing is, is no necessarily big companies, but so many other companies, see if you were to contact them, and, like, content creators and that, see if you were to contact them, say to them, by the way, I want to use your content today, this. This is what we're, I'm wanting to use your content for. This is what it's going to be thing made way. Nine times out of ten, most fucking companies and creators will probably be like, that's fine, but you have to credit me, and I want a portion of whatever you make on it. Which is fair, that's how it works, mm -hmm. that's a binding contract. You're using their content, you pay them for their fucking content. Most people will work with you. This whole concept of, I'm going to do it until somebody says something, is just, it's so fucking weird to me. Like, wh why, why... See if streaming was that big a deal to you, you would not put it at risk. And the fact that these people are putting... And it's fine for Pokemon and Disguised Host and all that kind of stuff that can lose a few days of their wages and still survive. But there's a lot of smaller content creators that need this to fucking live and pay their bills. And it's these big content creators that are going to fuck it. Because 10 years ago, uh, that Viacom sued Google for one oh, billion dollars yep. because of all the stuff that was getting done on YouTube. YouTube ended up winning. But that's what brought in YouTube's copyright uh, system. See that fucking shitty thing yep. that just, if you have fucking 10 seconds of a song on your thing, it just fucking hits you with a demonetization. See that? That was a result of that suit. See these pushing, these big streamers pushing Twitch are going to implement a similar thing and go, we can't fucking trust you. You can't use any of that shit in your thing. And everybody will shit on Twitch for it because Twitch have made that decision. But what you're thinking is, see if these big streamers were fucking smart and weren't they pushing the boat out for content. It's the smaller streamers that are always going to fucking pay for it because it's us that are going to get hit with it. Well, nobody can do it then. So you're not even going to get to being part of the meta and all that kind of stuff because it's just going to get fucking stopped because Twitch are going to get sued. And I'm sorry, but if you haven't like, learned now, Amazon don't take them lightly. Mm -hmm. Amazon will fucking shut down Twitch before they take it into court. Mm -hmm. And that's how it'll be. Amazon will literally just pull the plug and say, nah, fuck it, it's not worth it. And then that's... As I said, 8 million fucking streamers per month. Now out of that line, because big content creators took their money and went, ah, we can do what we want because we're entitled little fucks. Yeah, Which is sad. It's it's an interesting thing, right? Because you have, on the one hand, you have big streamers who sort of set the trends and they, they kind of like trail I gotta apologize, man. I'm having an off stream because of all the shit that I did yesterday. But, um, my the you have the the bigger streamers who technically are like the quote unquote the boundary 
pushers and the trendsetters, but when they're pushing the wrong boundary, it's going to lead some like smaller streamers who are struggling to get that recognition, struggling to get that discoverability. They're like, oh, well, Pokemon does it, XQC does it. So if I do it, I'm going to get discovered. And they're the ones who are going to get their, you know, cheeks clapped where Pokemon is going to get a slap on the wrist because Twitch isn't going to, isn't going to lose out on their cut of what Pokemon makes daily, right? But they'll lose out on what I make 100% because I don't make Twitch money. Not not on not anywhere near the level of Pokemon or a disguised toast. Now, I will say this. I did not know that disguised toast was trying to get banned to highlight it that it was whatever it was, right? I I didn't know that was if that's his argument and that's valid and that's truthful. Well, cool. His argument was that he was trying to get banned to that, but he also put out another kind of like thread of tweets where it wasn't actually because it was he watched death note he watched like the entire mm-hmm. fucking series of death note or the entire movie whatever death note is he watched all of that but what he done is he played see the other streamer lily pichu mm-hmm. he played her song on stream and got her apparently a dmca strike him so it wasn't actually the, the, the creators of Death Note that DMCA'd. It was actually Lily Petru DMCM because this is what Toast wanted to actually create that. Whereas it was a similar to that, Hassan, he got a DMCA strike, but it turned out that it, it was a fake one. It was just some random viewer had sent in this DMCA, which what I will say is also against the law. It's a fraud DMCA mm. strike. You will get arrested and potentially put in jail for that. Don't fraud do that either. DMCA, yeah, that's bullshit. Um, but do so like, but the scary thing about it is, you watch like, see if you listen to YouTubers talking about it. They have this like, because it is true. See on Twitch, it's like street cred. If you get banned, right? if you've not been banned, you don't. Which is a weird fucking concept because all you're actually doing is ruining it for other fucking people. And like even YouTubes are coming out and going, what the fuck are Twitch streamers then? Why are they attempting to fucking ruin their livelihood? Like what is this end fucking goal? And I feel as if recently with the with like say Pokemon and that getting it, it's almost as if these big streamers are now attempting to get this ban. To kind of, like, I don't know what their end goal is. I don't know what their thought process is. But the scary thing about it is that it's not going to end well. What will happen is Twitch will implement a fucking DMCA thing where your stream doesn't get muted where it's it's got DMs or copyrighted music. You're not going to get a slap in the wrist. You're going to get the, D, the, the DMCA strike and you're going to lose your channel. It's going to be an automated system where you just lose your channel. At the right. moment, it's a review thing. Right. Where a lot of like where like Twitch staff will go in and go, "Aye, this is what's happened." It's rare that it's like an automated ban. Mm-hmm. It's like you have to actively go in and report it or something like that. It's they're going to implement a YouTube style DMCA thing for yeah, copyrighted music, and it's just it is, it's going to take away a lot of the fucking creative process for streamers all because certain people can't act like a fucking adult nix sorry chris nix is having a moment today apparently are you done 
Are, are you done having a bipolar growl at me moment? Like, what the fuck? She's over here with a chew toy, like, growling at me or some shit. Like, what the fuck? Tell me your shit. Just, just chew your toy. No, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I noticed her growls were being picked up on the mic, so I apologize. But, yeah, um, here's the thing. And I, I'm, I'm not trying to be a dick, and I don't want to be like, oh, I'm that guy. But I called the DMCA thing on Twitch three years ago. When I made affiliate, I fucking knew. Because I saw what YouTube had done, and I was like, that's going to happen to Twitch. I don't know when, I don't know where, or who's going to get it, but that's going to happen to Twitch. So I made the unpopular, and it was very unpopular at the time, to not use copyright music on my streams at all. Right? And I had so many people come in when song requests were a thing. Oh, can you play the song? No, sorry. They're like, why? I'm like, I'm not, I'm not getting popped for DMCA. They're like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, give it a, give it a while, and nobody's gonna be streaming popular music, right? And the, the reason I, I, I kind of did it was, and I use like audio clips and stuff, but I use like ten five second clips within the sort of fair use thing, and I add stuff to it, so I, I make it my own. But you're right, I. I do not want Twitch to, one, go down the tubes because Amazon will pull the plug instead of going to court over it. And two, I don't want this sort of automated, draconic fucking DMCA thing because we saw what happened in in the YouTube space when it started. People were losing their channels. They were getting, it, like, initially it was like there was no question about it. You got a DMCA, you were done. You got a strike, right? Yeah. And I don't have the confidence in Twitch to take what YouTube did and, like, learn from it. I think they'll just copy-paste over it, and we see how badly it gets abused on YouTube. Like, you hear YouTubers talk about it all the time now. Like, uh, this is going to sound horrendous. Like, this is going to sound weird, but I like Jacksepticeye. I like some of his content, right? Sean. I like when he does Try Not to Laugh or he does, like, um, just sort of like his meme review, right? And yeah. now, in his last couple videos, he was literally talking about how he can't swear on YouTube. And he's trying to maintain who he is and not conform or not or not do things a certain way, but he's like, I, I literally can't. And he goes, every time I swear, they demonetize my videos and I'm losing money. Like, I'm losing sponsorships. Yeah. And the reason that is is because Corporate media has realized that the YouTube averse and the Twitch sphere are legitimate things and people are using their content inappropriately. So there's a thing called trademark and intellectual property in those releases. When you get a trademark or, or a, um, an intellectual property, Grant or whatever it is. I, I don't know the exact words. It states if you do not uphold your brand integrity to where the point you are the only one or whatever, you're you're the one who owns and controls the brand or the IP, you will lose it. You can lose it. 
out it can be taken out from under you if you do not con if you're not the sole controlling interest behind that IP. So now you get people like Pokemon streaming uh I think it was Avatar the Last Airbender and XQC doing MasterChef. Though it is inherent on those media companies to uphold that IP so they don't lose the trademarks and all the other shit that comes with it. The crux I have is on the streamer side, on the content creator side of it, as a content creator and a streamer, you are incumbent to take whatever content you are producing, viewing, reviewing, reacting to, and transforming it to make it your own. So, doing a four-hour stream where you're watching Avatar The Last Airbender laughing and not critiquing the art style or talking about the character design or the music development or the emotional beats of the story or any any way, any way, not yeah. providing a commentary or critique or whatever. You're just watching with chat because chat wants to watch you watch TV. Yeah. One, that makes no sense to me as a content creator slash viewer. Like, I'm not going to tune in to watch somebody watch cartoons. I'll go watch the cartoon myself. Well, I think with that aspect, I think it is, it's like, this like they implemented these watch parties where you That's can watch things on Amazon Prime and all that kind of stuff. So that like I can see that there there must be something that people want to watch. It's like watching a movie with your your pals. Right. Like I think that's what it is, and that's the same thing. What mad gripe with is the fact that Twitch and Amazon have implemented these watch parties. Yeah, you can't watch everything, but there's things on there that you can watch. You choosing to bypass a product that the the server the service is offering in order to do your own thing is just double the fuck you because they've gave you that they've gave you that ability to do the watch party watch with people because the way they do it is you put up your watch party everybody else has to have a prime account to go in and watch that show so amazon are getting all the views from that, it's not the content creator, which is how copyright fucking works. It's mm. the producer of the content is gaining the fucking reward, not you. You didn't make shit. You put it on your stream. That's it. See if you, like, it's just such a lazy way of making content, I feel, is that you're just, you're taking somebody else's hard work, pressing play, and laughing at it. That's it. That is what your content is. And it just seems like such a lazy way to do it. And I know there is a market for it. I know people defend certain creators to their fucking death. But, like, when it comes to it, that's all it is, is that it's just a lazy way of making content, as far as I'm concerned. Now, I don't disagree, but here's my thing. The watch party aspect of it. I like the concept of a watch party i really do i think it could be a fun sort of yeah. platform for content and i do think that it was smart of twitch and amazon to implement the fact that in order to join the watch party you have to have a prime account right so that yeah. at least the the content that is licensed through amazon prime yeah. is being used appropriately because in order to view that content you have to have a prime which then gives you the license to view whatever the watch party is. Now, is watching movies and stuff 
lazy. Yes. If you're just That's watching cool. it. If you're just watching it and laughing at it, right? My idea of a watch party was to basically ape the format of Mystery Science Theater 3000 and Rift Tracks. Get a bunch of people together, watch a shitty movie, and just talk mad shit and crack jokes, like, the whole time. And offer, you know, kind of tongue-in-cheek critique. And that is a form of, like, a watch party or, or watching something with viewers that I don't feel is lazy because in that format, you have to find a way to say something insightful and humorous or humorous for the sake of cracking a joke. So I, I do think there's a way to do it where it wouldn't necessarily be quote unquote lazy content. Seriously, what is your problem? I love yeah, you. Yeah, I think, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think it's necessary. Like, if. <sighs> When I mean it's lazy content, it's the fact that they're making no effort to keep themselves right. They're making no effort to use any of the products that have been put in place oh, okay. in order you to find me. It's not necessarily to... Because sometimes you just like... I, if you'd done a watch party, I wouldn't watch it then. Because right. I'm no one to watch something with somebody constantly talking all the way through it. If I'm watching something, I want to watch it and right. react to it and enjoy it. I'm not going to sit and listen to four people sit and talk all the way through it. If I wanted to do that, I'd go to the fucking cinema and <laughs> listen to right. some random cunt just randomly keep on talking about shit. That, but that's me. Like, that's just how I think. I mean, I tried to do... The, 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 the gripe I have with watch parties is... The whole worldwide thing. I was going to do a party or watch party during the horror charity stream uh -huh. because I wanted to put on a horror movie that we could all watch, react to it, me, me on camera, fucking scared not. But I couldn't find movies that I could watch in the UK that people in the US could watch the same way as a lot of the movies that the people in the US could watch. I couldn't watch because of the location thing. So it was difficult to actually find any movies that you could watch with a group of people across the world. But that's just, it's licensing laws. Every country has their own ones. Right. Um, but watch parties are a good thing because, in my opinion, everybody's winning it. Everybody's gaining their things. The fact that they have these services implemented and people are trying to go around them so they can watch what they want. But they're destroying, it's like... It was like your argument, you said, I think it was last year, you said something, and it was it was like a new anime had came out, and you said you weren't going to watch it because Crunchyroll or something like that was wanting 15 bucks a month for you to watch it, and you weren't doing that, you'll wait and you'll get it somewhere for free. And then it's the same people that complain that TV companies and movie productions aren't the same that it used to be because they're not getting the same money, and it's because, because you're not watching the stuff and paying for it, you're you're pirating it. They're not making any money. Why the fuck are they going to continue to lose money on a TV show? They're just going to go, well, if you're only giving us five million a year, we can only spend five million. We can't spend 20 million because you're pirating our content. You're not paying us for it. And you're, you're thinking. It's like, that's why there's subscriptions on Twitch is that you're putting out free content, but you're no, because people can subscribe to you to right. watch your content. That's why there's a lot like Critical Role they have the subscriber-only VOD to watch. Mm -hmm. So you have to be a subscriber to watch the VODs back. So the only time you can watch their content is watching it live on 
Twitch or YouTube that day or a week later when they upload the the VOD mm. on Twitch you can watch it for free if you if you you're a subscriber. But it's that kind of way. Anybody that turns around and says that they're willing to allow their content to be used freely is fucking stupid. Because if you've taken the time to create that content, you want to make money. But why is it different for you to create take somebody else's content for free when you're thinking and then moan that the companies aren't putting in the same like level of work? And it's because, well, you're not paying them to use their stuff. Why the fuck could they... How are they going to continue to make the same thing with the same amount of money when you're not giving them that money? And that's what the problem is with these kind of... This TV meta is that these companies aren't making money through you. They're making money through Amazon and the watch party stuff. That's why a lot of TV shows and, and movies and that sign up to the Amazon watch list. But, like, Fox, you streaming MasterChef... As I said earlier, nobody's watching you watch MasterChef and then going, right, I'm going to go and download, I'm going to go and buy season four of MasterChef. You've watched it. Why the fuck would you go and buy it? Games is a different concept because you watch somebody play it and go, oh, I want to play that as well. So it's a different kettle of fish. So I wouldn't necessarily say that the watch parties are a lazy way of getting content because sometimes you just have burnout. I wouldn't say they're a 12-hour fucking stream. Mm-hmm. Like I would say, use it in like the sparingly of it's a horror night. We're going to watch a horror movie, or um, you're feeling burnt out for streaming every day for the last month. So this stream, you just want to watch a movie. We're just going to chill. We'll have a laugh. We'll react to this, and it'll all be cool. Like it can be done well, but just just stealing people's content for your own gain—that's what's lazy to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree one hundred percent what you said and i i i especially feel the burnout aspect of it like i think i think at one point pokimane said that she's just tired and just couldn't think of anything and wanted to watch avatar right yeah but, which is fair enough it's right. your own progress but don't do it on stream but the other aspect of it was well i have to be live to make money right she she has to be live she's got contracts that she has to fulfill See, the, the thing that a lot of people, and this is going to be some behind-the-scenes stuff, a lot of things that people don't realize that once you sign, like, an exclusive contract with, like, yeah. YouTube or Twitch, you are mandated to hit hours live marks. Oh, yeah, I, I totally get that, but there's a, like, it's still, that can't be an excuse to steal somebody right. else's content. But no, like I was saying is, her, her argument was, well, I was burned out, and I had to stream, and I just, I just I didn't feel like I could do it. So I figured watching something would be an easy way to still be entertaining and whatnot. And it's like that argument really doesn't hold weight because yeah. that's I mean, if that's the case, you still have to perform some sort of transformative ability to that content. You just can't sit there and watch Avatar for six hours. Like, oh, girls. Oh, it was 12 hours. Yeah, exactly. A 12-hour fucking and, stream. And don't get me wrong. We don't hate on Pokemon at all. Girl, get your money, but just do it the right way so that guys like me and Chris don't get our fucking asses beat for it. If 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 you're doing something like the, the whole... I, when the hot tub meta was a thing, I had a couple people come into my stream and I was like, what was your take on a hot tub meta? I don't care. 
Yeah, it's not the content I'm watching. Right. I just don't watch it. it but they can do what the fuck they want. As long as their tits ain't out and their fucking Jane ain't hanging out or dudes swinging dicks ain't hanging out, I don't care. Get your money because you're not stealing anybody's content sitting in a fucking hot tub bullshitting with chat, right? No problem well, with it. I think one of the problems that came with it, like a lot of people were bringing up with the uh, hot tub meter was that like, especially like women in gaming have been trying for years to not have the sexism and all that kind of stuff, just to be treated like a normal fucking person that, like they should. And a lot of the arguments were that this hot tub meta was sort of setting it back. Like, we're trying to prove that we're not just sexualized fucking things. We're actually, like, we're normal people. And then... The hot tub mate, I was kind of going, come and look at us writing your name on what tits. Yep. So I, I, I can understand the the arguments against it, but again, I was I was in the understand of like I just I just didn't watch it. It just right. wasn't my thing. My content, so, yeah. so I'm 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 cool. But at the same time, you can't hate on women for doing their own thing and making money that way, mm-hmm. like because like. Again, everybody has this thing. Twitch started as a gaming, uh, yeah, that's such a streaming that's service, such a which is fair argument. enough. It's, it's it's fair enough. It was created as a gaming platform, but at the end of the day, it's twenty twenty two. It's not just more people are on the just chatting screen than on the gaming style. Mm-hmm. Like usually, the mo- the just chatting has like, I mean, or collectively, collectively gaming will yeah. have a, a bigger thing. But you're like three hundred twenty five k. On just chatting, sixty-two thousand on Apex, a hundred on one thousand on uh, COD. So, so like, yeah, it's still predominantly used for gamers to kind of stream and all that kind of stuff. But it's it's not a gaming platform; it's a streaming platform. You can stream multiple things that you want today. It's not just necessary because you only getting the same people complaining because musicians were on streaming. You only getting the same people complaining because cooking streams were on. Like that's that's where it, it, it's like you can't pick and choose what your arguments are. It's either you combat against all non-gaming content, or you're just attacking one person because you don't like it. That's that's kind of your arguments. They're not the best arguments, but it's all you've got, right? So, well, I think I think uh, you hit a a good point that I want to hit on, and and I want to hit on it because it annoys me. The argument that Twitch is a gaming site, yes, it is. Yeah, but it's also an art site, a music site, a maker site, a hot tub yeah. site. Uh, as much as I hate it, ASMR site. I can't I stand the ASMR. I, I can't. It, I want to drive an ice pick in my ear. Like I hate it. Plus, <laughs> don't give me. I'll, no, I'll get in trouble for that. Don't. But the the argument that Twitch is a gaming platform is such a dated, irrelevant gatekeeper argument that annoys the shit out of me because. If you're one of those people who's like, oh, well, Twitch is, is a gaming site, you are refusing to evolve as Twitch has evolved. You may not like the way it's evolved, but that's not Twitch's fucking problem. That's a you problem. And yeah. when I do see those arguments, it's like, yeah, it was a gaming platform. Now it's a lot of other shit. 
just like YouTube originally wasn't everything what YouTube it was. was. Yeah. YouTube used to just be vlogs. It just had people talking in the camera, talking about their life. Well, I also had cat videos. Well, yeah, it used to be vlogs and cat videos. <laughs> so what are you going to get? What are you going to be like? I don't watch YouTube because YouTube used to be a vlogs and cat video. You don't hear that argument about YouTube. You hear yeah, that you've got YouTube gaming. About, yeah, you hear that. You, you hear that argument about Twitch. Well, Twitch is a gaming site. Throw the fuck up. Evolve. <laughs> and yeah. on the on the on the thing of sexism. The hot tub meta, yes, I could see the argument of why it wasn't good because, yeah, it, the whole thing about the hot tub meta is technically objectifying women because they're putting themselves out there, right? And we know we know some female streamers. Habba, right? My girlfriend B streams occasionally. She streams with me. But, like... Wait, please say Melvin just to please. Dodger, <laughs> Pocket... <laughs> Right, cool. Because uh, I was going to say, like, we know so many. I think you name There's more. Pokemon. <laughs> uh, other, another female gamer streamer that I follow. Uh, hey, it's Katu. Spooky. Like, I know fucking. Yeah. No, dozens. Don't, you don't need to name them all. It was just the the way you said that. My we know so stopped. many. Then name my, two. My one of my, which in chat, and my, it's my, like my um, brain was catching up. But <laughs> please say more. They, they, they are. They would be like fully dressed playing video games, like you and I would. And that, like, I've literally seen the hate, the sexism, especially like the bigger ones, like Dodger and Pokemon and like Pocket. I've seen some real wild shit get said to them that no one would say to a dude streamer. Like, there's no fucking way. No one's gonna come on my stream and be like, yo, Doc, show me your balls. I mean, in fairness, but, like, I've kind of taken it upon myself that I'll go into, like, I go into Titan streams and I go into Bill Bob streams and all that, and the first thing I say is, show me your boobs. Just because, like, the concept that we don't go into guy streams and say that. But I think there is a lot more, it was like, like, literally in that sentence that you said is, Pokemon and all these other streamers will be fully dressed playing games. The fully dressed bit is literally that... A, a female streamer should not have to be fully dressed in order to be treated like a human being. Exactly. If a streamer That's wants to have to cleavage out, if she wants to be wearing a boob tube, if she wants to be wearing short shorts, that ju- should not justify the comments that are made. The same way as a guy is wearing a shirtless and just wearing shorts shouldn't be subjected to those kind of comments. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the argument as well, is that... I'd, like. Everybody, a lot of people turn and say, oh, I'm no sexist, I watch such and such, because they're not like the other streamers, right. they are fully dressed, and it's like, but that's no, the, like, that's just, that's the same, is yeah. that the only reason that they're okay female streamers is because they're dressed, that should not be the only, like, they're human beings, it doesn't matter what they're wearing, what they're playing, what they're saying, what they're doing, treat them like a fucking human, that's, that's, that's where the argument should stop, it's just... If a, if, a, if a female wants to have her cleavage and wearing a, a low-cut top and short-cut shorts, then who gives a fuck? Still don't go in and make those kind of comments because they're not needed, they're not necessarily, and they're just shit. Like, you are a cunt for making those 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 comments. So a, a, a female streamer should not come on in this platform wondering if she's going to have a good stream with nade 
comments like that. That's where the bad is. Is that nobody like nobody should come into any like? Can you imagine working like going into Starbucks, walking up to the female barista and going, "Show us your tits." Oh, and I'll take like this is a place. This is a place of work, right? Like this is a place of work for streamers. Like you would not go into a normal fucking business setting and walk up to a random woman and go get your tits out. So why do it here? Like that's, that's not how this works. It's the sense of entitlement. Oh no, it is. It is. It's this entitlement that oh, women on an internet she must do porn. It's that. Right. It's like that whole thing mate, of every female fucking streamer has to have an OnlyFans because I find you sexually attractive. I want to see your tits. Like that is a weird fucking entitlement that like like these people actually have. Uh like that belief and it's so not fair that I can I can stream something and it'd be fine but if a female streamer was to stream the exact same thing they would get certain other content because that's that was one of the points that uh, Toast made is Toast was banned for a month and everybody turned around and was like that, oh, that's a shame, that's shite, that's really, really half a month for thing, you know what? Pokemon got banned as well, and everyone's like, oh, fucking bitch, lazy fucking content. Look yeah. at the fucking stare, just because she's a woman, she thinks she can do anything that she wants. And you're like, that's, that's the conflict, is that a woman and a guy can do the exact same thing, but women, they get a lot, like, anybody that is ignorant to the fact that it's a lot harder for women in the world then, like, that's that's scary. If you honestly have that concept that women have it easy, then it's like, it's no easy for guys. I can accept that. I'm not saying not all fucking men. Like, guys, everybody's got hardships in their fucking life, but see the fact that the majority of guys can come onto a streaming platform, play games and have fun with their community, but a female can come into the stream and play the exact same game in our community and get fucking objectified and sexualized and and all that kind of stuff that's where the problem is and it's 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 fucked here's, there's no other way to, to really say it it's just it's fucked i agree with everything you say but i want to drop a hot take on you real quick because it just thought of me do you think that the guys that walk into those streams and bitch at women about being lazy and how like they sexualize streamers and they get mad about it. Do you think that those dudes are just pissed that no one's sexualizing them? I mean, or obsessing I think, about them? I think if you were to look at it from a kind of a objective vantage point, you would say these people are just Jealous. normal what? people. That are looking to get a reaction. That's all it is. If you were wanting my actual opinion, I would say that these people are sad, pathetic, lonely people that have zero life and nobody loves them enough for them to think that this is a valid way to live their life. That's my honest opinion on it, is that these people are just sad and pathetic and they go into different streams because it's not even just going into women's streams it's going into anybody's stream to try and disrupt it it's because they were unloved for so long in their life 
they don't know how to socialise and act around people. Yeah. And that's where they come from, is that they've never really been shown. Because I was, I was talking to Zim in that, and it's like, I think that's what a lot of people are starting to believe now, because there was I was watching a stream ages ago, and it was a female gamer, and she was just sitting talking and all that kind of stuff, and she was playing games, and there was people in her, like, on, in her game, like other gamers and that, and they were just being sexist and all that, and the line she used was, I'm going to fuck your dad and give him a child he'll actually love. And it was the best <laughs> fucking thing I've seen because that is, is thing me. It's just like, and like Dredd said, it's like there's no responsibility for them. Right. They don't get the consequences of it. They think they can come in and th- I hope things get implemented that it's all, it's, you can get away for that. Like implement something that you will be discovered upon. Uh, and it'll make things a little bit safer. But it is one of the ones that some of the shit that it is, is it's, it's mostly people going in, they don't get enough attention in their life that they come into streams to try and get attention. And when you react to them, they get the high and it makes them do more. Every A lot of people think that if you start hitting back at them and you start thiming them, that they'll stop, they'll feel that th- you can turn around and say you're a sad, pathetic, lonely little person. That to most people you maybe go, Oh, that actually hurt my feelings a bit. Mm-hmm. To them, they are not listening to you. All they care about is they got a reaction at you and they'll fucking hit back again. Like they are not actually listening to what you're saying. They're just there to be a cunt. And that's another thing that I think everybody has to learn is reacting to them on stream or anything like that isn't really going to help there's other things that need to be done in order to curb it well yeah 100% but at the same time as far as I'm concerned they're just sad little people that just they're little fuck well yeah it's it's a combination of like dread side anonymity and entitlement and it's the fact that oh look at me look at me you're not paying attention to me so I'm going to say they're both wow shit they're getting a reaction on you now Here's something that's both amazing and sad. I don't know the streamer because I, I, I saw it on Twitter. It was like last year sometime. It was a female streamer posted a clip. It was like a 30-second clip. It was a little bit of chat, and all of a sudden this dude comes in and uh, was like, hey, let me see your tits. And without missing a beat, she transitions to a whole new scene, and she's like, oh, for the low, low price of go fuck yourself. You know, just she went on this rant like she did it like a fucking TV commercial where she's like just flaming the dude, and then <laughs> went back to the original scene, banned the dude, and moved on. That was I saw that and I watched it a thousand times. It was the funniest fucking shit I had seen that day. But then after I got done fucking crying my eyes out from the hilarity of how this chick handled it (laughs) there was a moment of like I will never have to be that slick I will never have to do anything like that on stream ever and that made me kind of mad man like the fact that this chick got so much fucking bullshit that she came up with the most epic clapback shutdown 
The fact that she had to yeah. pissed me off. And then, like, yeah. there's a lot of... I have, like I said, I have a lot of friends that are female that stream. And I'm a mod in a lot of their chats. Mainly because, one, I like their content and I, I float around it. But two... Having a good mod can protect you from a lot of that. But, again, female streamers shouldn't have to have good mods that get on top of shit. No one. Yeah. Not, not female, none, but no, nobody. Nobody should have to have mods that are, are out there to, like, watch your back. Because you should just fucking be a, a decent human being. Yeah. Which is sad, because that is, like, that's what it comes to. It is... Anybody, not just male, female, non-binary, by anybody, anybody should be able to go into any situation without the thought that some trash bag cunt is gonna be a horrible human being. Mm-hmm. Like it's that's where I think that, that is quite sad and scary. Is that there is a lot of people that can go into these situations with the back of their mind going, is this going to be a good day or is this going to be a bad day? Like, for you, your concept of a good day or a bad day is, is your fibromyalgia going to be flaring up? Are you going to get a good day? Where for so many people, their good day and bad day is, is somebody going to come in and be nice or is somebody going to come in and be a sexist twat? Yep. Like, it's very different. It's, it's, It's a very different fucking bad and good day. Which really shouldn't necessarily be thing. Yeah. No, I agree hundred percent. And 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 that's we've we've said it so many times on the podcast that it it's free it's it's not hard to be fucking respectful and nice. Just fucking do it. Because you don't know how that like it's gonna affect somebody. You could be having a god awful day and somebody come into your chat and they don't you know, they don't have to sub or drop bits or whatever, but the fact that they're just nice and have a decent conversation with you can make your whole night. You'd be like, yeah, that was a great stream. And conversely, if you have a bunch of fucking trolly bullshit come through, you're like, why am I why am I putting myself out to this? Like what like what the fuck is the point? So I when it comes down to it, just be fucking kind. Yeah. Don't be a fucking asshole. Don't be a pathetic loser. Don't be just don't be a bitch, man. Just and I again, cancel culture. I don't mean bitch as in a female. Just don't be a fucking bitch. Okay? Don't be a clint. Exactly. Don't be a clint. But yeah. Oh, um That being said, uh I I actually have a ramble this week. Because we're coming up Ooh. at about two fifteen and we want to be out of here by like fifty. I actually yeah. got a decent ramble this week, and I am going to talk about it, and I am going to shill like a motherfucker, because I really, 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 really have to talk about it. So I'm going to ignore you. I don't want to listen to your ramble. That's fine. So Just know this, what I want to hear. I'm going to turn you off. So <laughs> this week, this week on stream, we complete. Well, we didn't complete. We finished. Two games that I have been streaming for about a week or two, off and on. Uh, they're called Children of Morta and Omen Sight. They're two completely different indie titles. Children of Morta is a 16-bit pixel art uh, narrative roguelite 
Uh, basically, what that means for those of you that are listening or, or not in the gaming sphere is it's a super hard game with a, 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 a game-wide storyline where you will die, and every time you come back, you get a little bit stronger, right? So it's a roguelite. It's die, come back, get stronger, continue on. But with the narrative uh, spin over the top, is it's it's a, an ever-evolving narrative. Now I gotta give I gotta give mad respect to Dread Pirate Reynolds. He sent me Children of Morta as a gift for Christmas. Now it's available on Xbox Game Pass, but um, Dread gave me the whole complete edition with the DLC. Children of Morta is not the hardest roguelite I played, but in terms of narrative, that game does not pull any punches. It follows the story of the Bergson family, and it starts off in sort of like your fantasy world. You got gods and corruption, and it's up to the Bergsons to discover the source of corruption. But as you go further and further, the world building and the narrative of how the Bergsons affect the lives of other people in the world, how they like help people out who are stranded, or or they discover like the ancient mysteries, like. There were times in this game where I was like, are you fucking kidding me? There's a scene <laughs> later in the game, and it's it's no spoilers, where I was playing one of the Bergsons, and I went off on a, a path off to the right. And it came to this little hut, and there was this little girl in bed hooked up to a machine, and her father was over the top of her, like, looking, checking up on her. And the yeah. father goes, hey, I need your help. Can you go retrieve this? such and such thing for me to help my daughter to get better. So I'm like, yeah, you, you go then you go a couple boards over, you kill a bunch of monsters and you, you discover the item and then you fight your way back. I was like, all right, I got the piece. We're good to go. Gave it to the dad. And the little girl still died. Are you fucking kidding me? What spoilers? Well, it's 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 a side quest. It's not part of the narrative. <laughs> but like, it's moments like that in Children of Morta, where the world building and the people that you meet, you, I was totally convinced. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna save the little girl. Got the piece. Got back in time. Dad put it in, and she still died. And I was like, whoa, really? I I was like, what did I do wrong? And it was just like the reality of like sometimes you can do everything right and it doesn't work out. It dude, yeah. that hit me so profoundly in that moment. Like I had to take a minute on stream. I was like, Whoa. And then there were moments of great highs. Like I there was another little side bit I rolled in and just it's overwhelming. This little, there was like these people holed up behind a little wagon and just monsters were just going at them. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to save them. Like I got, there's no way. And through just skill and luck, I managed to save them. I literally got up and was like, yes, I'm the fucking man. Right. And it's not even a main storyline that I'm doing this on. It is such <laughs> a rewarding 
and challenging game in so many levels that like if you have the opportunity to play children and i'm talking to anybody anybody watching anybody listening if you like a good narrative a solid strong narrative character based where you're like at one point just mad as hell at the villain and cheering on your fucking seat for whatever victory you you have <laughs> children of mortar is great but it is hard as fuck and I tried playing it last year when it was on Game Pass the first time. And I gave up. I was like, fuck it. I'm up, you know, I'm I'm going through Hades and Dead Cells. I was in the midst of like roguelite hell. I was just I was like, fuck, I don't need another hard game. <laughs> but then Dread gave it to me for Christmas and I was like, I owe it to Dread to give it a shot because he kept telling me, Oh, it's right up your alley, it's great. I'm like, uh, yeah, okay, it's a Christmas gift, I'll give it a shot. But I managed to push through and oh so good so good so good so good game but on the flip side you have another indie called omen Sight, which is similar to like the tales of adventure art style so it's got like the anthropomorphic animal cel-shaded sort of disney-esque sort of design to it but it is instead of a roguelite it is a narrative third-person action game that takes its combat mechanics from like the Arkham series. So there's like a, 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 a counter attack and dodge mechanic. And it is a mystery where you have to go through, relive this one day to unravel this mystery of how this world ended. And the way it unfurls the narrative from the different perspectives and you discover different clues and you upgrade your Harbinger character. It's so good. Like it is, like, it's really good because the storyline is engaging. The characters are interesting. Radica's a bitch. I'm going to call it right now that she never shuts up. And she's such an asshole. But in the end, no spoilers, it's such a good game. And they're both radically different. On the one hand, you got, like, this uber-hard retro-style pixel roguelite with an amazing narrative about family triumph and pain. And on the other hand, you got like this third person action Arkham game with like super classic sort of adventure murder mystery. And they're both so well executed and they have their flaws. Don't get me wrong. They're not perfect by any stretch, but they're just so engaging and so interesting that I wanted to take a minute to just kind of lift them up because they're some of the best games I've played recently because I bounce around from games a lot. Like I'll play a game for 20 hours and be done. I'm like I seen, but yeah, I felt so good that I was able to push through that sort of ah, I've seen everything, I'm moving on to really get the full experience that I just wanted to tell people get omen sight definitive uh, definitive edition and get your hands on children of Morta because they're so good, they're just they're so good, and they're so yeah. good for different reasons. I mean, just give them a shot, and they're cheap. I think children I think children of Morta is like twenty bucks on steam or it's free on game pass and omen sites like like what do you got to lose except for like 20 or 30 hours of great fucking video games <laughs> nix i love you i can't deal with right now mom is gone they're using a wood chipper and power tools out there so you gotta lay down and relax don't need water you don't need food good just chill i love you calm down she's just having a day <laughs> all having a day today apparently but yes Children of Morta 
M O R T A, Children of Morta by Dead Mage and uh, Eleven Bit Studios. And Omen Sight is done by. I can't remember, but like the Tales of Adventure guys. So good. Those games are fucking phenomenal. Just so good. Do yourself a favor and play them. Play them. <laughs> but yeah, man. Like, it's been a good week of gaming. It's been a good two weeks of gaming for me. I got to play some really dope shit. And uh, mm. at some points, you know, people didn't show up to watch them, but the people that did show up to watch them, I hope they enjoyed it as much as I did because they were really fucking good games. Yeah, I, I think, think that's, that kind of adds to it as well is so many people play games on stream, and if there's no that many viewers, they kind of like, oh, well, this game is their thing. Like, I think people seem to forget that the the main person that has to enjoy the game is the person that's playing it. If yep. you enjoy the game, then it doesn't matter how many people are there watching or no. Like, just play the fucking game. You're enjoying it. Who cares? Because um, it was like uh, Thursday, I played Jurassic Park, the game. Yes. You no, know, it came out in 2011 for Telltale. And I'd been waiting since 2011 to actually play it because I never, ever had a rig to actually be able to play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I started it way fucking like months ago, like months and months. It must have been like September. I played a stream through like, those four chapters, and I think I'd done like two of them. Mm-hmm. So on Thursday there, I finished the, the 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 chapters. And personally, there was some mechanical stuff. It was quite difficult because I don't have the reflexes to sit and press the buttons and that. But mm-hmm. as a story in a game, I fucking enjoy. I loved it. Bit like it's dinosaurs. Why would I hate it? Yeah, you're, um, you're a simp for dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. So, but like, I I thoroughly enjoyed it, and it's like I know, like, it's no everybody's game, and it's no everybody's style of game, and all that kind of stuff. And it's no really master. Like, I I done it. I played the first part of The Walking Dead yeah. when Telltale brought that out, and I just didn't enjoy it. it just was the my thing. Um, but oh, it was. It, it did feel like. Um, it's like, like you said, just that finishing the game because it's up until me starting to stream, I rarely actually finished that many games because I never ever had the time or the chance to actually finish a game. Like when I was younger, I used to finish games and all that kind of stuff, but the last few years, it's been difficult for me because what would normally happen is I'd start playing a game, I'd play the game for a while, and then I'd, I'd no be able to play and I'd have to go and by the time I'd came back I'd forgot all the controls I'd forgot the story where I was at and I'd have to start it again and then you have that like I'd be fucked going through all that again so I never ever got into it but for that like last year especially there was so, the finishing a game is like such a great accomplishment and it makes it all that better when the game is just like the story as well is just a, like I'm playing through that A Plague Tale and I am fucking loving that like the story like the mechanics for me the mechanics can be janky if they want if the storyline's shite then mm. i'm not gonna play it um so like like a plague tale i've been absolutely loving so much fucking just it's been amazing um so it's like i can't wait to finish that just because I get to be like, I fucking done another thing. Look at me, one at fucking life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people have mentioned like Plague Tale. I have it up as a poll for me to play. And you mentioned it too. Like, it's 
It's a story about what a, a sister and a brother or something. Yeah, it's a a sister, a set in like France back in like sixteen something. Or that. it's like when the kings and all that, and it's like you have to, your there's there's something going on with your brother, and it's like you have to protect your brother and get him to a certain place. But there's like a whole I don't want to go too much into it because there's a right. whole storyline around it, and it really is an incredible like thing. But I would definitely, like I've said, I mean, I think I actually even voted on the poll and said play Pigtail because yeah, it's fucking immense. So yeah. I, I definitely suggest it. But don't you think if with the setup where it's a sister and a brother, don't you think it's, does it sort of hit that Last of Us vibe? Because, like... I mean, it, the, the, it does the kind of make you... I mean, it could, in a way, I think what my problem was is... Throughout the entire game, I've just been getting fucking annoyed at the brother and sitting, thymian and all that, and making comments towards the brother because he's just a wee brat in some cases. But at the same time, I have developed that, oh, if you fucking tie it with him, I will slip your balls off, kind of thing. So, like, you do get a lot more, like, invested in the characters and thymian, but it's definitely... I would definitely say give it a try. Mm. Like, even if you don't like it, you don't have to go back to it. But I thought the storyline was was just like I'm still again. I've still I think I've got like an, a one more stream, maybe two to complete it. I, mm. I think I'm close to the end. Um, but I want to finish it before the new one comes out. So right, requiem. But yeah, but I think I've only I think five six streams I've done it. So it's not as if it's like a major. You could probably do it in a week if you really tried. Right. But it was definitely... I'd say it's definitely worth that I go. Yeah, I, I caught a little bit of it. Like, I caught one of your streams early on, and it, it looked great. Like, the the world world art style, very, very good. Um, it looked like the mechanics were pretty solid, too. So, like, I'm definitely interested to see how the poll shakes out. And... Um, even if it doesn't win out, I'm definitely going to play it because I'm looking for games like that. You know me. I'm looking for something with a good narrative hook, good world design, good world building. But yeah, man, having a game that just hits you right, man, like we were talking about early the immersion, that's one of the things too, like in, in both Omen Sight and uh, Children of Morta, I, it wasn't a self-insert protagonist or creating your own, but man, in the Bergson's case, you are literally, like, feeling the family struggle. Yeah. As they're going through, like, trying to basically, like, defend the world from this creeping corruption. And in Omen Sight, you are the silent harbinger that was sent to figure out why the fuck the world is in. And you get engrossed in, like, well, who who's responsible? What happened? What what, what triggered it? Yeah, it, it, they're both great examples of immersive storytelling and good, solid, if not kind of janky mechanics. And for Plague Tale, I know Plague Tale was really big on Twitch, like when it first came out years ago, and the fact that people are still streaming it and and still really like. Talking about it goes to yeah. show that the quality of the game is, is very, very, like, very up there. And I think, I think that, I think that speaks 
uh really highly of like the developer's ability to like put a really good game together and ultimately that's what i want to do with my platform on twitch is to highlight games that i feel are worthy of exposure whether it's one zero viewers or fucking forty thousand. Yeah. because one of the things i struggle with on twitch is i don't really care about what's popular i want to watch what's good Mm. And a lot of that is really difficult, especially on Twitch, because the the way channels are recommended is usually by like who's streaming the most on that channel. So I don't know. I I really wish there was some way to. I really wish that there was some way to tell, like the quality of a game. Like if Twitch had a a, a way to like tag. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what I want to say, but like, I really want to like highlight good games. But I also want to get the word out on Twitch that these games are good. And the fact that I can't do that in the Twitch client kind of frustrates me. Where I have to go to Twitter and be like, "Oh, this is a really great game. I'm streaming." Not everybody on Twitch is on Twitter. So how do I give people a sense that the game is really good and interesting? Uh, I don't know. It's just one of those things. You know what I mean? This sort of. Uh, yeah, I think. I, I mean, at the same time, it, you you can turn around and go, well, even if there was an implemented thing, without being a massive channel, how would you even get that out to people if you could? Mm-hmm. Like, if you can't get it out on Twitter, what makes you think you could get it out on Twitch? Like, that's the sad thing for small creators is. Your voice is never really going to be heard apart from like the miler in you. Mm, yeah, but that's just how it is. Yeah, it makes sense. But I don't know. Um, that's I think that's a good, interesting uh, point of segue. So why don't we move on to the happy endings, my guy? Sounds good. Let me get this updated on what we're discussing. By the way, my week was interesting. Uh, the last couple of days have been fucking insane. Yesterday, I spent all day building pallet fences, uh, clearing, like, debris, heavy-ass fucking stones, leveling ground in the animal pens to, like, build new pen enclosures for the animals on the property. Then I went and fucking made dinner, and, bro, my body feels like it got hit by a fucking semi-truck today, man, so... If it feels like I'm off or whatever, I apologize. Apologize to the viewer or listener, but man, my brain is so. I'm working overtime to edit pain just to be able to like fucking <laughs> put an argument together. So I do apologize. I don't think I don't think I've been off like bad, but I definitely feel like I've been off. So we'll fi- like That's you mentioned, been shite. We'll probably not put this up in the profile. <laughs> yeah, I agree, hundred percent. But yeah, man, my fibro today has just been beating ass like i stole something so all right the happy endings my guy let's let's start with yours you mm-hmm. have an interesting story a doggo story uh which is awesome determined yeah, it's, lassie dog yeah know. it's still quite where like we have been in the last where a lot more do- like talking points it's more just a feel-good story. Mm-hmm. But basically, it's 
uh, a, a dog called Tinsley. I think they said it's a Shiloh Shepherd or something yep. like that. Shiloh Shepherd, yep. Yeah, it's a Shiloh Basically, what was happening is she was with her owner and a friend in a pickup truck travelling across in New Hampshire. It was all a lovely time and all that. And then the car careered off the road through a guardrail and everything and the two men in the car were injured pretty badly and uh, Tinsley managed to get out of the wreckage and get up to the road where she attempted to flag down help and it was a police officer that kind of found the dog and they were actually trying to like capture the dog to get it off the road to keep it safe because it was like wandering on the road but every time they got close to it it would kind of dart off further and further and they kept on trying to get it it would dart off kept on and it ended up that they let she led them to a break in the damaged guardrail yeah and then that's when she kind of thing went down and they followed her and they found the wreckage of the the car with the two guys in it that were basically uh, in hypothermia like, oh, they were in wow. a bad, bad way because they'd been in, the, it was freezing cold. So it was basically, she became the real-life lassie where she went and got help for her, her owner and the friend uh, and managed to save their lives. And they put it down as the whole, uh, it's the the... the it's proof we don't deserve dogs when let's 100%. be honest human beings don't deserve fucking anything right now um but anyways it was just when i was reading I, I seen it and i was reading that and i thought you know what that's the story i want because it is it's, it's not really a taught on point it's not mm. really going that we can really think me yeah it was just i just wanted the story where it was like look how fucking amazing things can be look at that positive story like yeah. dog saves human and and it's basically a movie like yeah, it's, because it's, it's movie-esque fucking life, and it was it was nice. It was just such a lovely. So, um, Cam Cam Laundry, who was as her owner, said she's my little guardian angel. It's a miracle that she had that kind of intelligence to do what she did, and I think that's it. They said that she was rewarded with lots of venison and yep. belly scratches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, that is not a good enough. She deserves all the belly scratches. Yeah, like it is. It is. It is one of those that is just a feel-good story because it highlights the the it highlights the often overlooked generous and loving nature of animals in general. Animals, yeah. and it's a, it's a German Shepherd, so it's a breed. It's a breed of Shepherd, so Shepherds, Jesus. Christ. Shepherds have this sort of stereotype of being badass guard dogs, right? But yet you have this one shepherd who loves her owner. Obviously she's cared for her really well. Because if you don't care for an animal well, it ain't it ain't coming to save your ass. Let's get that clear right now. You mistreat that dog, that motherfucker ain't that'd be like, die bitch, I don't care. So seeing that an animal so well cared for and so well loved went and did you know, rescued its owner and the trooper was smart enough to kind of like figure it out is just like you said, it highlights that animals, dogs, cats, whatever animal, they're just, they're, they're too pure. And Mm. humans more often than not are just shitty. 
And it, it <laughs> takes it takes a moment to to look through an animal's perspective. Yeah, my owner loves me. Like quick story, I think I told this on the podcast before. I when we moved out here, I, Nix has got a service dog. She comes with me to the stores a lot. Well, I walked in on a situation where I don't remember the details. It was late in the summer, but somebody, oh, I turned the corner. There was a girl that had a little dog that it wasn't a service dog clutched in her chest and the dog started freaking out and bit the owner. Well, they started throwing a hissy fit about my dog, about Nick's. Full time Nick's is sitting down, chilling the dogs, yipping at it, right? Just going off. Well, a family comes around the corner behind me and the little boy walking next to his mom melts down, right? Kids on, I believe is on the autistic spectrum. Kid just starts freaking out because the yelling and the barking and whatnot. And I'm not yelling. I'm just like, hey, calm down. You know, it's, it's not a big deal. Your dog, my dog didn't do shit, whatever. Trying not to yell. Family comes around the corner. Kid has a full blown meltdown without even really saying anything to Nix. Nix looks at me, butts her head into my thigh. I let go of the leash. Nix walks over to the kid, lays down right next to him. Kid starts petting Nix, calming down. Manager comes over, tries to figure out what the fuck's going on. The woman's like, oh, well. His dog made my dog attack me, blah, 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 blah. And the manager was like, look, I see that dude in here with that dog all the time. That dog's not being aggressive. In fact, that dog is laying down next to a kid who clearly had an issue. That's a service dog. Your dog isn't wearing a vest. Get your shit and bounce. So, like, mm. animals are just amazing. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Animals of all varieties are amazing because I've heard stories about pet snakes like saving their owners from fucking uh, spiders that got in there that were poisonous. Like animals across the spectrum, if they're treated well, are just fucking amazing. And y'all need to just like treat them right no matter what because they're amazing and they deserve treats and belly scratches. That's all I'm going to say on it. Uh, She might have been. At... Oh, yeah, right. Just do it. <laughs> nice. Nice comment. But yeah, animals rock. So my happy ending this week is kind of up your alley, my guy. It's a space one. It's a space happy ending, and it talks about the John Webb telescope that was launched James recently. Webb. James Webb. Sorry, my bad. God, can't even get the guy's I was name trying right. to update the stream and mispronounce James. Get the fuck over it. Okay. So on Christmas Day, this new Deep Space Telescope is launched. And the expectation is this thing is so advanced that it's it's going to be able to give us more information, more complex information about shit in deep space that we can't imagine. And it's like the article goes in to talk about the tech and everything and the expectations. Like it's powered by this awesome solar ray like this thing is just so dope and the ability that it's gonna have it's it's basically the hubble telescope on crack like we've all seen the amazing images that the hubble telescope and other deep space telescopes have sent to us 
But this motherfucker is so cutting edge and can deliver so much detail that I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what what it's going to get back. What like now the flip side is is it going to find aliens that want to murder us? I don't know. <laughs> but I'm really excited, man. I loved seeing I love seeing the Hubble telescope images. And the fact that this thing is like the most state of the art, cutting edge, badass. It's got like a sun shield that protects it from like solar radiation, so it won't break down as bad. Like, dude, I'm stoked. The only the only yeah. thing is, I'm annoyed is like we're not gonna see the first images for like three to six months because it's got to get in place, set and yeah. calibrated shit, and then start sending shit back. And I'm like, just send it now. I want to see. Show me space. Well, and, you can't really show it if it's going to be blurred and all that. I mean, look what happened to the Chinese. Oh my God, we found a a, a cube on the on the moon or on Mars, and it turned out that their camera was just shitty and blurred it. Right. It turned out to be a rock. It was a round rock that their camera picked up as a fucking cube. It's like, <laughs> great work. So I I would happily take three to six months to get actual fucking photos <laughs> right. as opposed to oh my God, look, there's. Pluto's actually the Death Star because your no! pictures are straight. <laughs> that would would that would that just fuck us up if like we thought a planet turned like we thought a planet was a planet and it turned out to be a space station. Like we'd probably totally that, fuck us up. It's not our luck. It'll be one of the ones where it was fine when we didn't notice it, but now that we know it's that, it, it has to destroy us so that it can be safe so like that's just how it is that would that would be that would be legitimate like crazy like all of a sudden we're like pluto and then we get like real detailed images of pluto and it's a space station and people are like well fuck yeah i think at that point you'd have to like if i was in charge at nasa and i took a picture and found a space station part of me would be going just delete everything and be like, oh, no, we never sound it near here. We're going to now look over at this side of space. Nope, nobody has to look at that side of space. It's fine. We've checked it. There's nothing there. It's just, it's just empty. It's empty <laughs> space. Never mind that. <laughs> yeah, but the possibilities of the, the James Webb telescope is something that, like, very much intrigues me. Because I was going to look, I was going to talk about the story of the Flame Nebula. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. Dude, the Orion fireplace. Yeah, the Orion fireplace is literally it's a nebula that's just like cold fire. <laughs> Looks cold like fire. hell. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, if we can see that with the telescopes we got now, the ESO or whatever it was, what is the James Webb telescope gonna show us? Like like come well, on. Well I mean man. There is men there that's signing through. There was one that I was watching the other day, and like when you see the like the styling and all that kind of stuff, but there's like another planned telescope that they're putting up, and basically what's got it is see the uh, the the like the sunlight that they have on this the James Webb. Basically, what they're wanting to send up is another telescope-style thing that does, like, infrared and stuff, mm -hmm. but they're going to send up this massive sunflower shield that deploys in front of it to block out the sun so that you get better images and shit like that. Right. And it's like, the way that it works out is that the thing in front 
will is it's mere it that will like scan space until it finds something cool and then it'll turn around to the telescope and be like, yo fucker, take a picture of there. <laughs> and the telescope will immediately turn its position and take pictures in that area and be like, there you go. So like they're even making it the face that we've not only just got the telescope up there that somebody's controlling and going, right, take a picture of this area, take it. We're now going to send up another fucking satellite that's just going to scan space and be like, yo, we picked something up cooler here. Picture it, see what it is. And I think that's made a scary aspect of this satellite just randomly searching through space and going, here, there's something near here that looks important. Take a picture. And then, like, we take a picture and you've got two aliens banging behind a fucking <laughs> sedan or right. something like that on, like, some random s- planet in some another Stevie fucking galaxy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. They're all hanging like, out on some fuck. fucking beach of, on a methane sea just getting it on and we're like... Oh shit! Sorry. Yeah. Carry on. Exactly. exactly. We just caught a fucking affair in progress. Two aliens hiding behind a fucking car with a wife in the house with a three-month-old baby. Right. <laughs> then an alien's gonna turn around and be like, "Oh, humans, gotta fuck their shit up now." <laughs> I just I love the possibilities of like, like I I love both space and I love the ocean. I, like it's no secret. Like anybody who listens to this podcast or sees it, like the, the pod, like space and the open ocean are one of those things that I both love and <laughs> fear because I don't know what's there. Like I don't want to be diving in the ocean and about two hundred feet below, some weird creature that nobody's ever seen looks up and goes, "That's a snack." Yes, sweetie. I know, I know you're you're whimpering. We're almost done, I promise. But just the thought of like the fact that it's out there and we're now gonna get like the new dope images and learn more about a quote unquote final frontier. I'm just I'm just so super excited for it. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> and then they also like they were taking photos of black holes now. I saw like last week. Like, come on, dude. Well, they took a picture of a black hole like a quite a while yeah. ago, I'm sure. Yeah, like they had like the photo representation of a black hole, and I was like, "How the fuck does that work?" So, like yeah. space right now, space is always interesting, but like recently, it's been getting real kind of interesting because <laughs> the shit we can do and the shit we can see—it's just one of those crazy things. But yeah, no, it's it's, it's just it's amazing just how fucking far we're fucking pushing this shit it's mm-hmm. it's it's kind of fucked let's be honest yeah but in that kind of really unique and interesting no yeah i totally it's like it's definitely an amazing thing but it's it is just kind of weird like it's just it's just everything about it is just fucking like 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 as it address like you're just sitting there going but but how mm-hmm. how so how 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 is this possible? <laughs> well, yeah, man. Uh, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm always impressed when we do the happy endings because it's always something that makes me go, "What? Let's go!" <laughs> but man, it's been great. So it's a, that's a that's a great place to wrap it up. So I want to thank Chris for being here with me this week. 
putting up with my very scattered brain, very inarticulate fibromyalgia pain addled <laughs> brain. I do apologize, Chris. You definitely had the backpack on today. But do me a favor, tell the people where they can find you and where they can uh, get in touch with you and all the shit you do. Yeah, you can get us across the board at ChrissyC90, Twitch, Twitter, fucking YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. It's all the same. Uh, you can get in touch with us at the Drunk Tag website uh, and on. stuff. There's quite a lot of plans coming into play hopefully soon there's a lot of new content hopefully fucking coming through soon so it'll be awesome everything's fun yep it'll be fun you guys know me who i am if you ever listened or saw anything i'm dr ryan across the board various spellings of it you can find me instagram twitter all that twitch tiktok all of it i just want to thank you guys for hanging out and whatnot there's always an interesting conversation you guys are amazing and we will see you next sunday say goodbye chris Bye, Chris. Goodbye, guys. Have a great week.